have just awoke inside Tabcast Listening Laboratory. Today, we will test you with a glimpse into tomorrow, a discussion about intellectual property games, and for dessert, we do a playthrough review of Portal, the uncooperative cake acquisition game. Fred, and this is my wife. Cheerio, my name's Nicole. Apparently we say she, laboratory now. She ignores she accent. ignores O <laughs> in lab, labor, laboratory. It's laboratory just because laboratory. We're not laboratory. English. British. Laboratory. We're in a, in America laboratory? we say laboratory. It's we just laboratory. Do. Laboratory. Laboratory. That's not laboratory. It, it probably is laboratory for other people. Laboratory, but not here. <laughs> laboratory, Renaissance, <laughs> encyclopedia. No, no, it's lab- laboratory. Yeah, but you said laboratory. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> You're so. I don't even understand. Okay. Laboratory. How was my British accent there? It was terrible, right? I don't have any idea. No, that's all. I'm not a judge. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's terrible. Like, I could never do those. Like, you see the actors and actresses where there'll right. be a completely different accent, and then you find out what they're really from, and you're like, whoa, because you never knew. Who's who's I, the worst? Oh, the worst would be Keanu Reeves. Really? Being British in Who Dracula. was the best? Who blew your mind? Probably that Walking Dead guy. I think it was Leonardo DiCaprio in What's Eating Gilbert Grape. That's different. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. That's the one that blew my mind more than all of them. That, he should have won an Oscar for that. That's ridiculous. <laughs> he blew my mind. That was the first, first movie I'd ever seen, ever seen him. him yeah. So I didn't know he could act. And I didn't know he was acting. Yeah. Amazing. It was, anyway. I know. He, he, he fully, like... He fully I was like he didn't, he didn't get any any crap for it either. So no, he, sort he was of, amazing. He sort of broke that Tropic Thunder rule too. Oh gosh. Okay, we're gonna like talk about other <laughs> things now. <laughs> okay. All right. So Nicole, do this is the question of the of the episode. What are you shaking your head sternly at me? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> shut up. Shutting up. <laughs> what? So, uh, Nicole, do our machines love us? No. 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 Will they ever? No. Are they always just going to be mean? They're always going to be logical, and logical always seems mean. Does it? Yeah. They're going to they're going to use reason to to destroy us. If it's purely based <laughs> on logic and reason, it's going to seem heartless and cold. What? That's you'll never see a movie where the the robots fall in love with us. Well, I guess they did. Didn't they do that? Cherry nine thousand. What is that? <laughs> it was. Some... Is that a... Cinemax no, it's not. After Dark or something? I, I don't think so, but I think Melanie Griffith was, was in it. Oh, I don't want to talk it's about that. It's one of her that. early movies. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking like like that artificial intelligence movie or something. Yeah? He was, he ended up liking people. Who? Or, or, no, that was, no, that was an alien. That wasn't a machine. Sorry. Never mind, yeah. wrong movie. I don't know. Well, I, I think artificial intel- intelligence was a movie. I was thinking of something else. Right. So, no. My answer is no. Okay. <laughs> the machines don't love us. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's, uh, we got to move towards this. 
because the machines demand it. <laughs> <laughs> Let's find out what got played. I actually did play something. What? We like to game with gods. We like to game with dice. So this is what we say. But when the chips were gone and the sun came up, hey, let's see what got played. All right, Nicole. Yes. What got played? Nothing. Yes. Something got played by you me. You played. I know. You talk. I know. I didn't, I didn't. I don't remember if we've ever talked about this game on here before. I don't think so. I don't think so either. I played Coup. The pigeon game. <laughs> That's coop. Oh, the <laughs> the top two door the two door sedan game. game. <laughs> That's coupe. Oh, sorry again with the British accent. Enough of that. It's coop. <laughs> All right, I played coup, which is a uh, small card game by Indie Boards and Cards, the guys who made the Resistance. And this game is uh, it's like a micro game. Now, in this case, I played this game like 30 times in one day. Because, because it, we, plays it was really fast. <laughs> it plays in like 10 minutes or like 5 to 10 minutes at most. And uh, some coworkers of, of mine and, I, and myself were sitting with like four hours with nothing to do. And they, for some reason, just kept saying, all right, let's play again. All right, let's play again. All right, let's play again. And I was just like, whoa, this is a lot of games of Coup. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, Coup is actually a pretty fun game, though. Okay, tell cool. me all about it. Inside the box, you get a little stack of cards. How many these, cards? It's just a little stack of cards. It's like it's it's like fifteen cards. Okay. Uh, or maybe it might be eighteen. You didn't count them. No. <laughs> each card, you get three copies of each one, and each one has there's three of of there's three different suit or uh, sorry, there's five different suits or maybe six different suits. I can't remember, but each one only has three cards apiece. And each one of these cards has a different uh, character on them. And it's sort of like Love Letter in that you have a certain ability when you play the card. So, for instance, if you have... And, it, like, for instance, there's an assassin in it, and the assassin will kill another player or attempt to kill another player for three coins. Uh, the captain will steal two coins from another player it also blocks people from stealing from you. Uh, the Contessa will block assassinations, but that's all she does. The Duke will get you get get you three coins on your turn. The I'm sitting here thinking, no. Uh, what else is there? I've got I four. Remember. I think there's one more. There's one more. Is there a king? No, don't don't try to help me. You're gonna kill me if I. So Joker. <laughs> no, don't. I said don't. <laughs> Didn't I? <laughs> um... oh, what's that last guy? Oh, the ambassador will oh, I never would have gotten uh, that. will also block stealing, and he will switch out cards from your hand with the cards in the middle. Okay, so with so the draw deck, you can switch out cards there. Okay. Okay, so you start every you deal out cards to everyone, and you deal two cards to every single person, and those are kept face down in front of them, and those are their secret identities, and they can legally in the game use the actions of any either one of those identities, if they would like, and that means that like if you have a duke, you can get three coins on your turn, but you never reveal your card. You just say, I'm going to use my Duke action, and you point at one of your cards and say, and take three coins. And people have a moment at that time to challenge you and say, you don't have a Duke. Mm -hmm. and, if, if, and if indeed you do have a Duke, you can flip it over and show it to them. If that's the case, they lose one of their two cards in front of them, 
and they then have they flip it face up. They choose which one, and they've lost like some integrity or whatever or influence in the city is what it is. And now they're only they only have one power. And the reason you can you can have you know claim the duke action and not actually have the duke is because you're allowed to lie in this game. Mm-hmm. You're allowed to totally lie about what you have constantly, and have that threat of am I lying or not. Sounds like a game for evil people. Right. Now, I played this, like I said, 30 times in one day, and you're constantly going back and forth going, I'm going to use my Duke, and the next turn you go, I'm going to use my Captain to steal two coins from you. Uh, You can do some other actions. The safest action you can use on your turn is without any card influence at all, you can take one coin from the middle and call it, it's called income. (laughs) The other thing you can do is you can take two coins from the middle and call it foreign aid, but someone's Duke card can block foreign aid. Uh-huh. So they could say, "Oh, I blocked that with my duke," and, and, then you and can at blame that point you could, yeah. And not. during your turn, you could say, "I get four and aid. Someone else can say, "I block you with my duke," and you can then say, "You don't have a duke." Okay, I need to, I need to play that game again. Oh, it's super fun. I know. I remember playing that. So I, every I think turn, I liked it more than the resistance too. It might be a little more fun because the lying is a little more free flowing and stuff, and it's not quite as much of a discussion as it is just a moments of challenge. You know, and and risk and reward. So, you you play around the table, and when you get when you get three coins, like I said, if you have an assassin, you can say, "I assassinate one of your cards, this card right here," and you throw three coins into the middle right then, because mm-hmm. it costs you three coins just to announce it. He might say, "Oh, that's a Contessa. You can't do it," and you can say, "That's not a Contessa. I don't believe it." I contest your Contessa. I know, <laughs> I Contessa. <laughs> Anyways, Contesta. Yeah, I can Contesta your Contessa. <laughs> so the. Uh, <laughs> So you can do that, and then, uh, you know, then, but that's a really risky move. Think about that. Let's think about that in the in the terms of the game. If I try to assassinate you, and you say it's a Contessa, and it's not, and I challenge you on it's not a Contessa, and you flip it over and show it isn't, then you the assassination goes through, and you lose a card, so you would be out of the round instantly. Oh, so you ought to lose. Right. Now, if you ever get seven coins, you can spend all seven on the, of those to do what the title says, which is perform a coup, which means you can automatically point to a player, drop seven coins and say, I, I do a coup on you. And uh, <laughs> they automatically lose one of their influence. If you have 10 coins ever, the next action you can take is only a coup. You have to perform one. Huh. I don't and, think I ever did that. I'm going to tell you, this kept us actually fairly entertained for a long outdoor gig. What's the minimum number of players on a game like that? Three. Three? You okay. really want three. I think you could probably play two in that, but it's like, eh. Well, no, it's mm, silly. Play three. Yeah. Any kind of social deduction game, you got to play three. It's got to be at least three. But it's fun because you, it, it, I'm like I said. I'm going to look it up. I think that's But it's be fun because you can totally lie to everybody over and over again. Just, I know you just like, like to lie. About you, can, you can make a, make this card a duke action this turn, a captain action the next turn, an assassin action, action the next turn. And if nobody's calling you on it, then you can just keep going. Well, why wouldn't you call somebody after the third card? Well, usually they, usually you can, but because you can bait them. You can use, because like this is what's funny. When we were going around the table, it seemed like everybody would take a duke action right off the bat and get three coins right off the bat. And it's like, there's only three dukes in the deck. What are the chances that there's three dukes, nothing to do with poop, sitting at the table? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, I mean, there, there's like zero chance. So someone lies almost it every says- turn. Two to six players. You can play two. It just isn't going to be that That doesn't sound deep. fun for two. But three, it works. Right. We did it over and over and over again. We had a good time. Yeah. So that's Coup, and it's a cheap game. I think it's like around 10 or $12 or something like that. And I would say it's worth it. it. It's a fun little game. And I mean, I think the first time we got it, we played it like six times, seven times in a row. Yeah. 
And uh, we had a really good time. It's simple, plays quick, and you get a little cheat sheet. You don't want to you don't want to stare at the cheat sheet too long whenever you're trying to decide what action you want to take. <laughs> so you don't go, I'm going to use my mm, captain action. You could. I guess that's another way to deceive someone. Well, yeah. So. Exactly. Ah, there you go. Coo. There's lots of ways to lie. Coo. There's more than one way to skin it's a cat. Totally coo. <laughs> it's totally coo. <laughs> All right. So, Very Nicole, nice. enough about the games. That's all. I think that's all we got really played out of a what got played kind of topic here this week. Yeah. I. What did I take? I did play something with Angela, but it was something off our last five for five. And now I can't remember what it was. And that was like two weeks ago. Hmm. What did I play with her? You played. Oh, Citadels. Citadel. I'm just kidding. No, you don't do stealing. <laughs> nope. I'm not stealing anybody's bit. That's enough. <laughs> Anyhow. Um, but yeah, we played Citadels and right. she really enjoyed it. We, I ended up having to bring it again. To play with her. Yeah. So, but we were able to play it. I, th- I think I did talk about this. Yes, you did. Oh my gosh. That's like the last time I got to play with anybody other than you. Right. <laughs> you need to get out and play some I more. I need friends. Who All right, Nicole, enough about what we've already done. Hmm? Let's talk about the future. Okay. Steady your senses, listeners, as the clocks begin to spin forward board game room behind and getting a glimpse into the cardboard of tomorrow. All right, cardboard of tomorrow. <laughs> I feel like I'm getting ready to blast off. You did, to the future. <laughs> so what did you play, Nicole? Huh? I just did a whole bunch of talking. What, what, do you, what do you like? What are you looking forward to? What am I looking what forward to? I only have like one thing on my list. What is it? Um, And I'm only kind of looking forward to it. What? Kind of. I know, I know. I was really looking forward to it, and then I read more about it, and Uh, I'm kind of looking forward to it. What are we talking about? Jim Henson's Labyrinth, the board game. (laughs) Okay. Does it smell bad? It smells bad. (laughs) That's all I remember is the fog of eternal's dead. You remember more than that. A little bit. Oh my goodness! You don't remember David Bowie doing his fancy little? I remember that, but I remember ball thing or <laughs> they were the acrylic little spheres. I practiced that move for hours. And what happened? I did it like one time. And you were like, "Look, and look, look, look!" And you and dropped it, it all over yeah, the place. Pretty much. Again. All right. Yeah, not with acrylic spheres because that You're would just no be no Bowie. Cool. I'm no Bowie. No. <laughs> um, this is Bowie calling Bowie. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That's a that's a thing. But okay, here's the thing about it though. It, it sounds like it's it's going to be kind of a roll-and-move game, which is something that bums me out. Right. But it's got some positive aspects to it, it sounds like. Let's talk about a good roll-and-move game for a second. Merchant of Venus. That's a good roll-and-move game. Talisman's no slouch. See, and that's what I read that they're kind of comparing it to, really? is just a different theme of talisman. <clears throat> that's fine. But, the, well, here's the thing about it, though. It's cooperative. Right. Mostly. Okay, it's it's one to five players. You can play okay. it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You can play it with two, three, or four players cooperatively. And if you play five players, then you have one person being the bad guy. Right. But it's a cooperative game up to four players, which is kind of cool because it could be considered, that could be a fun gateway game But you're game saying if people. we got four friends over, I could be David Bowie. Yes. <laughs> Do you want me you to could, be? <laughs> his fig looks a little uh, interesting. What, what does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I noticed about this game was it had really nice sculpts. Oh my goodness. Yeah. It looks fantastic. Like they've made a full labyrinth toy set to put in this box. Right. It's cool. Yeah. That part's really cool. 
but I think the gameplay itself is going to be pretty simplistic. And when I watched a, a video of the maker playing it, he said that his intent was to be able to play this game with his six-year-old who loves that movie. Loves it? Loves it. I don't believe it. Loves it. No. But the other thing I want to say about it, my yes. boss actually tagged me on Facebook and said, uh, wanted to make sure you knew about this, but I'm sure you already do. Well, of course, yeah, I've heard about it. But oh. this way now I can tell her more about it. But still, it also kind of piqued her interest a bit to... Because she loves Labyrinth as well. Right. But she's not a gamer. So it's gonna. it looks like it's an easy enough game to get other people into. But the cooperative part of it, I think, is really cool because a lot of people aren't used to that. So it is kind of a next step game for the Monopoly players. Okay. So it could be cool. That's what I'm saying. Right. It might bring some people to the table who are like, oh, I loved that movie. Yeah. And maybe yeah. you'll be it like, could... you like that game. Let's, let's try, try Talisman. No, no, no. Let's not try Talisman. <laughs> That'll lose them. <laughs> Let's try Pandemic, another cooperative game, or Flashpoint Fire Rescue, Pandemic. another cooperative game, and then go from there. Okay. Not Talisman. <laughs> what? It's fun, but five hours of rolling <laughs> Last dice. game we played is so long ago, and we played for 45 minutes, and I well, beat you and Matt. That's you, And you were though. both angry at me because I was in the very middle, and you were still on the outside ring. But we remember Sabrina's story about playing that thing for Bye! later and we're not done right? exactly <laughs> or they're not done so there you go that's my cardboard of tomorrow that i'm looking forward to right well here's what i actually <laughs> am looking forward okay. to okay in my endless quest for a dungeons and dragons board game that that fully encompasses that feel you know captures that magic Ooh, i think i know what you're talking about Ooh. <laughs> massive darkness is what i want oh no that wasn't it ha you don't know me I saw a different one. No, it's just not the game I was thinking of, because there's another one coming out that's supposed to be a very role-playing feel, really? but board game version. You should have put that down. Well, after I read enough about it, I was like, eh, it sounds like more like Fred's thing than mine. All right, back to me then. It was called <laughs> Foreboding, by the way. The something, something, something. I don't remember. <laughs> the rainbow cookie. No, it had nothing to do with rainbows or cookies. <laughs> All right. Then I'd be interested. <clears throat> Foreboding, the rainbow cookie on the floor. You no, now I lost interest. It looks delicious. <laughs> Do Anyhow, you Anyways, massive darkness. Massive darkness. It's it's a dungeon crawl, sort of like uh, you know a Dungeons and Dragons in a box, but on the moon. Except it's done by Cool Mini or not. Oh, they're good. Yes, and it involves once again a giant pile of miniatures. I'm sure that are going to be amazing. I think there's al there's already like seventy something monsters or figurines in the box. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is before the Kickstarter starts on Tuesday, which by the time this comes out, just know that Fred's already a backer of Massive Darkness, okay? Because mm -hmm. that's going to happen on Tuesday. Okay. What? Don't you huff at me. When, when's it <clears throat> projected to actually come out? I don't care. Sometime <laughs> 2017, I'm huh. sure. Uh, but anyways, it utilizes the Zombicide rules as a base rule, which uh, the, only, the only thing crappy about that is there's one rule about Zombicide that always kind of uh, like is off which is the ranged attack rule, which I hope it kind of modifies that because in Zombicide, if you occupy a space and somebody else is outside of that space and shoots a gun into your space, mm -hmm. it targets the enemies and you in a specific order, starting with you. Why? I don't know. I think it's the worst rule in the game. Obviously, we could house rule that out. But yes, if you open fire in a wad of zombies where most likely you would hit a zombie... If there's one person in the middle of ten zombies, you will still shoot that person first. 
That doesn't make sense. Right. But that's that's the only reservation I have so, about this because Zombicide is well, still pretty cool. Here's my reservation. If it's just like Zombicide, why are you buying it? We have Zombicide. It's not just like you Zombicide. Said I you said, said it's that. based on the Zombicide rules. Then it's Which the means same they start with Zombicide thing. and they make a completely bigger game and more interesting game based on it. Mm-hmm. Don't even do that to me. Mm-hmm. No, I'm getting it. So just just stop your I'll contempt. Stop I don't need that. You. I'll I'll lock the games the, the game room upstairs with a deadbolt. That would be awful. Yeah. And I'll I never have no give, friends anyway, so I'll never give play. you a key. You'll just be like, "Are there games in there still?" And I'll be like, "You'll never know." Whatever. I can get in that window. <laughs> you cannot. All right. So, anyways, it utilizes the Zombicide base for rules. It is cooperative. That's good. It kickstarts this week, and it's kind of cool. One of the things that's neat that's different from Zombicide already. It doesn't they, involve it, zombies. No. Oh. That they've already started, opened up with, is that when you create, when you make a hero, you actually create your hero, not just pick out a template. <sighs> now, before you huff, like, I had to create something. <clears throat> Big deal, first of all. You have to write a name on it or something. Big deal. The other thing you have to do is you're combining a base, like, uh, type, hero type, with a class. So it's sort of like in the original Dungeons & Dragons, they had a race and a class. So, like, like, a dwarf was, you know, had some sort of, like, automatic, like, you know, poison immunity and stuff like that. Mm. And then, then and had stat modifiers that were a certain way, and then you combined them with another class, and that gave other stat modifiers, and you ended up with, like, a different character. So you could make a dwarf thief, or a dwarf right. cleric, or an elven fighter, you know? This is the same kind of thing, where you're going to have this that, that, you know, combination available to you right up front. So what kind of characters are we talking in this? It is, it's, it's medieval kind of stuff. Like, so like traditional fantasy. dragons and Well, I, I saw something like a berserker or something, and... <laughs> But, I mean, they're pretty varied, <laughs> these titles. Is that a historical figure? Oh, of course. Of course. <laughs> Irish. <laughs> I think it is. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I always know. You know what I remember? It's like Nordic. I always remember uh, Eric the Viking had a berserker on his ship from the movie Eric the Viking. Hmm. Like, I didn't watch Eric the Viking. I didn't. It was good. Didn't that have uh, that guy that's married to Susan Sarandon in it? Yes. What's his name? Tim Robbins. Yes. Yes. He's very tall. Right. I think he was in it. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, and I don't think they ever did get married, actually. So they were just... They're partners. Right. Which is fine. Right. So there is my cardboard of tomorrow. Massive Darkness. Hmm. I'm going to be kickstarting that this week. Okay. You guys can get on board if you want a whole giant box full of figures and monsters. It and... plays like Zombicide. So if you don't like Zombicide... You can, <laughs> you can fight together with your friends, or you can fight Nicole. It's, it's up to you. That's true. That's what I'm going to do. So, anyways, let's uh, let's see. Let's see about a five for five update, okay? Okay. All right. All right. Let's go through it again and make sure we got it. Count us off, Bill. One, two, three, four. This is a five for five update. All right, Nicole. We started our new 5 for 5 last last episode, which was, what, episode 35? Dungeon Pets. Yep. And we chose uh, Tides of Time, The Inland Port, Lord of the Rings, The Confrontation, Pixel Tactics, and the game we finished for this episode. We finished Millennium Blades, the mm-hmm. new level 99 game. And this game was... Uh, 
It was the beefiest of all of them, that's for sure. The most It was dense. the biggest box, that's for sure. Right, right. <laughs> this uh, this game, for a two-player game, it was about, like, what, two hours? An hour and a half to two hours? Two hours the first game, probably 90 minutes after that. more than two hours the that. first game. Right, probably about 90 minutes each game after that. Yeah, once we figured out what we're doing. <clears throat> right, now this game is kind of unique in one regard with a theme. It's a deck builder simulator. Deck right. builder, card collectible card game tournament simulator. Right. So in this game, you are getting stacks of cards and you're filtering through them and you're doing two different phases. You're doing a phase where you build your deck and you're doing a phase where you have a tournament using the deck you built. But during the deck building phase, you also make set collections that you score points for by having like certain collected sets of cards. And also you're building your deck at the same time, and then you're doing a tournament with the built deck after you give away all of your set collected cards. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> now, this game is, it purports to be a collectible card game simulator, and I'm going to say it is that. Definitely. Yeah. Because you are, you're getting like, at the start of, the, at the start of each round, you get a starter deck, which you may or may not use. And this, and this will be justified in a second when I tell, tell you about what the meta is, because this is going to get complex. <laughs> you also get a stack of cash that you can spend on 10 different face-down packs of cards, or quote-unquote quote, packs, because they're really just one card that looks like a pack. It has the back like art that looks like it's a package of cards, like a, a booster pack mm-hmm. that you would see for like Magic the Gathering or Yu-Gi-Oh! Or something like that, or, or Pokemon. Pokemon. Right. I, you just threw out a Pokemon. Jinx. How <laughs> to catch them all. The, uh, <clears throat> so you, uh, you flip these cards over, you know, and, and look at them after you purchase them. They have a purchase price listed on the back of the cards. And the set comes with a stack of like 80 just generic cards that are called Millennium Blade Pack cards. And you mix these with a whole bunch of other cards, like equal to that many other cards. And you have to have this giant like 160 card stack of cards that you have to shuffle to start this game. So you shuffle this giant stack of cards up and you draw them off the top and you lay out nine on the table and you get to play. You can also open the one on the top of the store deck and that creates your store deck. Next to it, you have a play area where you can sell cards, but you can only sell a certain number of cards uh, every single round that you deck build. It's based on these little chips to keep track of it. In a normal... Like three plus game, you get to sell four times. In a two player game, they give you two extra cells just to help kind of move cards around. Now, you get 30 millennium bucks to start, the, start that with, and your base pack costs like three. And then the, the expansion boosters cost four, and the premium boosters cost five, and the master sets cost six. Right. That's how the, the money works as far as pushing that around. So you're changing out money and buying cards and trying to match certain sets of cards in your hand to collect these points because there's a multiplier that if you collect, you can collect up to two different sets of cards, one based on type, one based on element, which are the two meta types in the game. This is where it gets a little more complex. Right, because every turn, like you start off and you do two rounds of deck building followed by one round in the deck building phase where all you're doing is sort of working out the final bits of your cards, right? Right. Uh, In the first round, you flip over the top meta, and this is going to be a card that gives you bonus points in the tournament uh, when you, if you play those cards in the tournament, which is the next phase after deck building. So it might be a, it usually starts with an elemental attribute, which is like uh, light, dark, fire, earth, air, water, uh, water, you know, all that stuff. The basic idea, you know. 
<clears throat> and it's like one of those things, and it's going to give you 15 extra points in the tournament, victory points, or like tournament points. They're not per card. Per card that, that you, you play, play of that type. With that ha- yeah, and it tells that. you what yeah. that is. So immediately you start thumbing through all these cards, because it also gives you your starter deck, which is like 10 cards, plus they give you six more cards from the store each. So you start off with a hand of like like 16 cards. And you start thumbing through these cards and trying to figure out what's going to work with that meta. And you start kind of laying that card down and filtering the stuff out because you time your game. You time the deck building. Right. The deck building is split up into three different timer zones. A seven-minute deck build before for the first meta being revealed. Another seven-minute after the second meta is revealed because there's two metas. And then you get a third six-minute, which you can't sell cards anymore in, but you can still build and buy cards. Right. And do fusion cards, which we'll talk about in a second as well. Oh, my goodness. Okay. <laughs> so you, you go through this, like, deck building on the first one with the first meta, and you're buying cards off the table, and you're spending your, your little millennium bucks, and you get, to the, you get it to the end of seven minutes, and after you've got the end of the seven minutes, I guarantee you don't have a deck to go into the tournament. Because a deck to go into the tournament consists of a deck box, which gives you some sort of scoring attribute usually, and two accessories. These can be like something that stops people from flipping your cards over. Which we'll or, get to in a minute. Right. Or <laughs> that, uh, you know, sometimes they, they give you some bonus points or something like that. Right. Or they can like potentially actions. flip over other people's cards or something like that. <clears throat> and that becomes important in the tournament. So you get, like I said, two accessories, a deck box, and eight what are called singles, which would be all the rest of those cards you're dealing with in the middle that have to do with that with the tournament, like playing cards in the tournament mode. Right. Because basically once you've purchased your booster pack it becomes once it gets into your hand it becomes a single right it is a single Mm -hmm. so you're not really buying a whole deck of cards it's just out of any random booster deck pretty much only one of them is ever going to be worth anything at all right if you get that right now uh one thing i noticed while i was playing this is there's a lot of pop pop culture references to the backs of these cards like they have a a firefly reference that has a guy who looks just like the main character uh nathan fillion's character in firefly except it's called lightning bug Mm -hmm. is the booster packs and there's some other there's a mega man looking one and there's there's a final fantasy (laughs) it was like fantasy finale right (laughs) there's a lot of little pop culture references in here and it's 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 pretty clever in that regard yeah but let's just say okay so now you get your meta you build you build your decks to the meta you probably end up with like four singles a couple accessories and a deck deck box then you go and you flip over the type, which the type is like, there's a bunch of different types, like citizen, construct, soldier. Uh, sorcerer, uh, soldier, uh, I mean... There's a bunch of them, yeah. There's a bunch of different ones like that. Oh, uh, mythological. No, it wasn't a mythological. It was myth. It was just myth. Well, I mean, Why that's what it was. Why are you trying to make it fancy? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It just said myth. Look, I record these podcasts with my pinky up, just so anybody listening While knows. While you're drinking your tea. Shut your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you do you do your second build, and then you uh, you kind of play around with your cards one more time for about six minutes, trying to figure out exactly what's the best combination of the cards you have in your hand versus what you haven't sold versus, you know, what you need for your collection. And you can also have the option at this point, if you still have sell tokens left, you can trade in a pile of cards to the tune of five, seven, or nine cards to pick a card off of these bronze, silver, or gold promotional cards. And those are supposed to be, like, super awesome cards. Right. And now these those have, like, multiple types, and their powers are, like, really powerful compared to the other ones. So you're uh, limited to only being able to get one... Of each type. Per round, right. yeah. Per, per deck, deck building. building. So that that's why you have to use <clears throat> one of your sell tokens to... Right. 
So you do this big collecting thing. Now, a lot of what you do in a CCG, as the name applies, is collect cards. Right. And you're trying to get certain ones, and you're, you're dying for certain ones. And, and like I said, not just playing to the meta, but you're also trying to collect a type and an element in, in multiples, but you have to have different star numbers, or they're, like, they basically different have values. these different values on every card. And you have to have, like, like you have a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and that'll, that'll score 6 cards and one set if they all have the same element or the same type. And you can score one in element and one in type in your collection. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of points on the line, we found out, in the collection mode. Which makes sense. Because you can get, if you just put one card in your collection, you get zero points. But two gets you two, three gets you four, and it just starts going three up from there. Three gets you seven. Is it? Three gets you seven? Yeah, that's right. Four gets you nine, five gets you 12, <laughs> six gets you 16... Or something like that. And then 21. I don't know. Anyhow. I know I know. if you got 8, it was 21, and that's the most one you could okay. get. And the one before that, 7 was 16. Was 6 nine. was 12. 5 was 9. Anyway. 4 was but 7. But you get, you get a lot of points right. for that. So you can you can basically you build these big sets. So you're not just collecting your deck that you're going to play this turn. You're also collecting two other sets of cards, potentially, if you want to score the points for them, because you can score two. So it, there's all, up to 42 points on the line in just those collection cards, which then you just sweep up off your table and discard from the game because you're done you, with them. Because basically you, you I, collected I them like and you sold, sold them. the collection. Right. So you sold this full points, collection yeah. of cards. But not for money, for points. For points. Right. Because it directly relates to points, you know, banked. Right. So then you write down these points and then you go into the tournament, which you then flip your entire play mat over, which kind of gives you a little bit of tips on how to play your cards and... The uh, it becomes the tournament side of it, which has this sort of tableau where it has a deck deck box spot, two accessory spots, and six little slots for you to play cards into because your deck can consist of eight singles, two accessories, and a deck box. So right. you put your deck box and your two and your two accessories down, and then you start taking turns uh, based on who won the last tournament. Uh, is kind of how it's supposed to play. It's not supposed to be too random, though. You're just supposed to decide who gets to go, you know? Right. And you then start playing cards back and forth. And these cards are doing all sorts of different effects. They're scoring you points right now. They're being sort of set on the table, waiting for the end of all the play to score points. They're During the actual score phase. Right. Then there's then they're, sometimes they're flipping cards. Uh, sometimes they're adding tokens to other cards, these little modifier plus one tokens and stuff to other cards. Uh, sometimes they're they're clashing with other cards, which means you take their their value number and compare it to the current rightmost because you play from left to right. The rightmost card in the other player's deck compares with yours, and you both draw cards off the top of the shop, and you com- you add those numbers together, and whoever has the highest wins the clash. You know, so right. there's a lot to this game going on. Once you start playing this, the strategy gets really deep, really quick, and during the deck building phase, because you just spent like 30 full minutes de- building this deck and getting this deck ready to go, you've got sort of a weird idea of how this is going to play out to get you a bunch of points. Mm-hmm. And there's these little point trackers at the top that keep track of these points. And it's and we found out that it's easy to go, you know, well over 200 points. It's easy mm-hmm. to get there. I mean, it's not, not abnormal at all. Over it, Mid-100s is, is an average turn. Over 200 is not very unlikely. It's, it's fairly likely that's going to happen. Over 300, really rare, but we actually saw it happen. Yes, we did. <laughs> so. I did. Ha, it was me. 
Right. So you Sorry. play you play all six <laughs> of your cards out back and forth one at a time, and then you do a score phase where you score bonuses that are like listed on the actual cards themselves, which will say something like, if this is the highest point card of both of all players, then you score this many points, or uh, sometimes it'll say if this card's still face up, you score this many points. Uh, sometimes you lose points. There's there's all sorts of variable cards. Uh, then you could there's sometimes you look down at your deck box and it'll say score all of this type. You'll score eight points per card of this type, up to thirty points maximum or something like that. Or mm-hmm. you know there's just a whole there's variety so of things that goes variety. on. Yeah. And then you total up your totals and you get a placement in the tournament. In our case, it was first or second, but it goes up to five players in this game. So if it goes first or second, then you uh, you can uh, sort of you, you you basically score your points based on placement, not based on what your points were in the tournament. So if you score three hundred points in the tournament and I score ten points in the same tournament, you get first place, I get second place, which translates to twenty one points for versus... you in the first tournaments versus fifteen points for me. Right. Okay. <clears throat> so it doesn't like blow you out of the water completely. So once again, collections are really powerful when you can can score an entire tournament like win in the first round worth of collection points on one single collection if you get eight cards. You know? Yeah. So collecting is really important, but tournament's important as well. But it is kind of designed to keep you close enough because sometimes there's like these perfect storms that go off, like with you in game four, where she scored 340-something points in one round. And I and I scored like two hundred and something. Mm-hmm. No, I scored one hundred and eighty. One hundred and eighty, and you scored like three hundred and forty. It was literally the perfect story. It was demoralizing, is <laughs> what it was. <laughs> well, whatever. But anyways, so uh, we played this five times. Now this game, I'm gonna I'm gonna say the tournament part of it. It it doesn't necessarily to me it doesn't really capture the spirit of those games where you have a life point counter and that life point counter goes down, which is what almost every one of those games does. He throws that idea out the window, and instead, he does just a gain-the-most-points game. Mm-hmm. Now, the game itself that he, that he does is incredibly deep, considering that you're playing six cards in most instances. Yeah. Okay? That's, it's a pretty deep game. Now, yeah. you... you uh, so, I, I'm not going to say that it lacks in the stri- strategic department. In fact, it's probably almost, I, I'd say, easily as strategic as those other games when you really think about what you have to play out of your hand. I mean, it's, it's dense. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> once, you, once you combine all that, those card buildings and that tournament, you do it a couple times when you're playing two players. You'll do it three times if you play it with more players. Once you combine all that together with individual characters who have player powers and can do their own little special things and you know different starting decks and variable meta decks, that, meta cards that come out, and you have different you know random sort of deals and everything like that you have a game that is pretty much i mean i i say it's probably different every single time because and and all those expansions there's so many cards that you could switch out all of the sets that you add in a little bit over one time so you have two full sets of add-on cards so because like in in the base game you add you always have the millennium cards the millennium blade base deck of, of like 90 cards or whatever it is or 80 cards then you add in the expansion decks which you add in four of those then you add in three of the premium decks and two of the master decks. Mm-hmm. And you can do that more than once. So you're adding in all these different decks, and all these different decks have different attributes and different cards. And they, they kind of repeat inside their own decks, but there's a whole variety of cards. I mean, 
the amount of, of cards in this deck and the amount of variation in this deck is, tr- is staggering, to mm-hmm. be quite honest. Yeah. It's insane. There's like over 600 cards in the base game. And, and you use like almost half of them, you know? Yeah. Per game. I don't know. It's, it's dense. It was... Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, what do you like about this game, Nicole? We played this game five times, and I won four to five. Yeah, I won that one where I, I won the best. I had the highest score. <laughs> oh, well, you won the best. I Blue the ribbon best. for you. I know. I had the highest score <laughs> in my one round that I won. Um, you know, I always like the concept of playing those collectible card games, but I don't want to do the collectability part of right. it. I get it. Because I'm afraid I would be one of those people that would just spend more money and more money and get the addiction right. of, And you're oh, not but spending I need... millennium bucks, you're spending real you're dollars. You're spending real, real dollars. So <laughs> um, I really did feel like this game scratches that particular itch in a much more safe way right. than, you know, having to go out and chance it with real magic cards or real Pokemon cards or whatever you right. would get into. You know, one of the things I noticed that about this, that it truly captures, that maybe some people don't know about right off the bat, is that this thing, it, it makes, uh, you have a, uh, when you buy a pack of magic cards, mm-hmm. you get 15 cards or something like that in this pack for like $6, okay, or whatever it is. I don't know. I don't buy them. But you get like 15 cards. Now, here's the reality Okay, so someone who doesn't play Magic listening to this says, oh, great, you put 15 cards in a shoebox and you keep them. No, you don't. No, you don't. If you've been collecting this, you throw away probably 11 or 12 of those cards. Straight from the package, straight to the trash. Because you don't care about them and neither does anyone else. Mm -hmm. They've got enough of them and they've had enough of them, so they don't, that no one wants them. And people buy these by the boxes when they collect them. Because they need a chance to get these really rare cards that are really expensive. Mm-hmm. Usually they sell those cards to try to afford their habit. To help afford it. So they'll sell the card that's worth $30 because they don't build a deck based around it. Other people can build that deck. You know, There might be one of these like super rare cards they want. So there's a lot of throwing away. And mm-hmm. it felt like that. Every time I fused cards and threw them away or built collections and threw them away... It felt just like cracking magic packs and throwing cards away to me. Right. That's that feeling. Right. I don't need these cards, but other people might. So I sell them and I get rid of them and I just move them as fast as I can. Yeah. They're not helping me. Let's right. just get them out of here. See, I think that's amazing. Yeah. That, it's, it's super cool how well that works. Yeah. It's, it, it's... So <clears throat> I don't know. I, I, think, I think it does its theme very well. At 100%. Yes. Right. I totally agree on that. Um. I think that, like I said, I think there's enough variety to support replay. That's another like. Mm-hmm. I think the strategy is really deep. And when it's combined with a timer, it really keeps the game kind of moving. Because the tournament, even though it's deep, it doesn't take that long. But I think I'd, I think each round took us about 45 minutes to complete. 30 minutes of deck building. Not quite that long. It was probably about that. 30 minutes of deck building plus about 15 minutes to play the tournament. Oh, okay, yeah. So each each full, like flip of the boards was probably about 45 minutes once we got the hang of it and uh i would say that the one another thing that was kind of interesting about this and this is another way that the tournament really emulates the collectible card games is there are no take backs in the tournament if you get to the next player's turn and you say oh i forgot to use my action 
they don't get to use, you don't get to use it. You're done. Yeah. I had, uh, on one of mine yeah. that I lost, um, I completely forgot my, my individual character right. had a power during the tournament where for every time I would play one of the cards that matched the meta for that round, right. I would instantly get four points. Yeah. Every <laughs> single one of my cards matched and I forgot it every single time. Thus, I lost 24 points right there. You still won that round. Yeah, but I should have had 24 more points. <laughs> so, seriously, I could have easily lost. Was right. that the one that I did over the 300 on, too? That I forgot um, that? I think it was. It may have been, yeah. I, I think mean, it was. I could have broken the scoring you on that not. practically. You were not going to break it the was, scoring. <laughs> I had a high score. But, yeah, but I still, I forgot that part. You know, right. but there's, you can't go back like, and, and you played with that character in a previous game yeah. and forgot it for like the first three cards and then was able to remember right. and get 12 points out of it or whatever it was. Right. And these different characters are pretty varied in what they can do. And they have not only deck building, they usually have multiple different abilities in both deck building phase and in tournament phase. Right. So they're really interesting. Yeah. And there's like six different characters total. There were, yeah. 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 So... And then, since we only played the two-player variant, there's also a whole other level that you can do if you have more players where you have friendship cards. Right, where you make trade deals with each other and give away victory points. Right. And so there's no point in trading two-player. Well, I'm not going to trade with you. It's just going to help you. But, you know, right. Bob's behind. Maybe he'll trade with me. Right. He might really want this card, but it's not helping me today. Bob's doing terrible. Bob's I'll doing take his terrible. Best Here, card. take a good card, but give me that water <laughs> card. You know? Right, but those harsh rules really translate to the real game because the real game is harsh like that. Those real tournaments are that strict. I don't really know how that would work, though. So, I mean, is the intent that you're going to have your cards like out in front of you, face face up, where anybody could see them, to be able to do these trades? Because obviously, with the two of us, we would well, never I think do it's, that during the deck build phase. You'd be like in a store and saying, "Hey, I got this card. Do you have the what, a copy of this card? I'd like to have it." See, that's the part that makes me go, uh -oh. And they're like, that'll help you in the tournament. And you're like, yeah, but I'll give you a victory point. <laughs> Maybe I won't try so true. hard. <laughs> true, true. I don't know. So uh, I think it does all that. Now, let's get to some dislikes here. Um, one thing, the setup time is is rough in, in one regard. You shuffle a, like, 90-card deck into a 90-card deck or whatever of cards. And it's just, it is annoying. The amount of shuffling you do in this game. See, that part didn't... To start. It, it, I can't say it didn't bother me because I didn't actually do the shuffling. Right. But I just do those those weird shuffles where you just put a card, 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 card into like several stacks. Right. And then you kind of mix them up that way uh -huh. to get them all evenly distributed. And then right. let you shuffle them after the fact in smaller packs. Well, imagine that... Because uh, I can't shuffle. Imagine, because you and I, we set up one deck. We played twice with it because it, we, it, you know, it's set up for a five-player game. And we actually played just twice, so we didn't even use half the deck. Right. So then we played again with the same deck with new characters and new starter decks. And then we did it again with a new full deck twice. And then we did it with a third deck. So we only had to do it three times. If I had to do it two more times, I would have been angry. I was already getting getting mildly annoyed, but I did it five times in one week. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like I said, that part didn't bother me so much as, and I didn't even do this, but the initial, when you crack open the game, right? the money, mm -hmm. oh my goodness. I would have hated having to set that up. Okay. Right. You've got all these paper money bills and you have to strap them all together with these little sticker straps. Right. Which you spent 
how many nights? It was like two and a half nights. It wasn't. It wasn't nights. I spent the whole evening. No. Yes. No. Practically. No. I spent. I spent like two thirty-minute periods putting. It was them more than that. No, no, no. We watched a lot more TV. Okay. During it. I'll, I'll say. I'll say it was ninety minutes of setup. It was more than that. No, it was ninety I think it was minutes. More than that. It wasn't. But you, uh, yeah, you have to build these little stacks of cash. This comes with the the infamous paper money, which is awful. And I'm sure it costs them next to nothing to print sticker sheets and paper money versus a cardboard shit. Yeah. And so you start off, this is the one thing they did to sort of make that more tolerable, is you build stacks of five with a money strap around them that that designates how much the denomination is. And during the game, I will say this worked pretty good. I could move stacks of cash around pretty well. Yeah, it did work well. (laughs) Right. I never felt like I was, like, not doing well with with the money or not, uh... Not getting the money in there the way it needed to be. I just think it kind of gives you the... If you have the option of getting this game used where someone else has already right. put the money together, that might be a good call. Well, and the good news is, is and this is a common with those kind of paper money things, I never had to lick my fingers yeah. to move stacks of cash around because of those those stickers really separated everything well. Right. I would never say that this is a a you know a replacement for poker chips. It just isn't. I could move those poker chips faster, I guarantee it, and more accurately. Yeah, still. I don't, Yeah, but I mean, it does kind of give you that feel of spending the money somewhat. Kind of. I so, don't know. Anyhow. Uh, so I would say also the player boards are kind of cheap. You don't get a thick piece of cardboard. It was just you like get a really a thick thin construction cardboard. paper kind of thing. Well, like a glossy construction paper. It's like the thing. thinnest cardboard. Like if someone said, what's the thinnest cardboard I can get and still have gloss on it? They That's would say this. Would, yeah. Which, it seems sturdy enough, but it's not... I wouldn't even, you know, put it in the category of high quality. But you're not really doing much with it. Right. So, I mean, it's not like a piece of paper. So, it's definitely better than that. Right. I, I, don't, I didn't mind that part too much because they're, it's They're not as bad as, as, as that Vegas Showdown game player boards. The, oh, the paper stuff, yeah. Those are dumb. That's, yeah. But this... So, it is, it is like a flat play mat. It's just... And it's not folded in the middle or anything right. like that. That would have annoyed me more if they'd have made it cardboard but folded it in the middle. Really? I'd, I'd rather have this any day over that. Yeah. It's okay. I mean, they did have to have, the, in their defense, they... For that many cards? I think the reason it is is because they were trying to keep the price point low enough with that many cards in it and mm-hmm. five player mats. Mm-hmm. If they were boards instead of mats and then there was like two big boards in the middle. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about it going well over $100 at that point. Because I think it's already like a $70 game or something like that. Yeah, I think so. So that is kind of well, disappointing mildly. The cardstock that they used, I thought, was, was good quality, though. <clears throat> right. And, the and art- that's what's really important. Right. And there's like tons of artwork in here. Tons. Mm-hmm. And it's all themed. And it it's looks really, nice. Yeah, it's, it's really fun. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of really moments good. where you're going to get these in-jokes and stuff like, oh, I bet that's Link from Legend of Zelda and stuff like that, you know. Mm-hmm. And you see all these little jokes that go by. Uh the rules are tough. Yes. Very. Now, here's the problem with this. And I, I can't really fault level 99 for this because it was an ambitious idea. But when you have 600 cards, there's a ton of clarification problems. And, I mean, this, this game has been out a month. And they haven't even really gotten started, really, with the errata. Mm-hmm. to fix the stuff that we're confused about. And a couple of times we were trying to figure out what the real explanation of this is, and we couldn't. Half the time when I went in the book to find out what the explanation was, they just repeated the card that I didn't understand in the first place. Yeah, Like word for word repeated it. And it's like, I can read the card, 
Why is this in the rule book? Yeah. You know? Well, a good example of that, and this is this is high on my dislike list. Okay. There was one particular card that was called Forboding. What was that? Zaringu. Yeah, card. it was like it was based off the ring. Had had a girl was climbing out of a TV that said Zaringu. <laughs> I didn't get that anyhow. Right. Um, but I like that movie. But no, anyhow, no, it was foreboding, and it was pick or name a card. Right. And if any player has that card. They have to discard it, and then you get the points for it or something something along those lines. Right. But l- let's just focus on the name any card. Okay. There's like 600 cards in here. How right. am I supposed to name a card? Right. And here's the problem is I'm pretty sure it meant a card anywhere on their tableau too, but it but doesn't no say that. But there's no way that it could be that because it wouldn't say if they have it, then this happens. Well, right. if it's on my tableau, obviously I have it. But Duh. it doesn't doesn't designate between hand or tableau. But it just it, says name if. a card. But it says if if they have it. Right. There's no way it could be one on my tableau because right. you would know. There's no if about it. It's right there. Right. No I'd, if. I would say even a even in a five player game, you would be lucky if someone had any of the cards you could name. Like let's say you looked right in your hand, you said this is a really good card in this meta. Mm-hmm. maybe someone has that and you name that card using that effect. Because otherwise you're not going to know which card is in there it's, unless you've played this It's so like many a times. one in a hundred chance that they would even have that. I am never going to be the person that has played a game enough to remember, hey, I'm going to name the blah blah card. Right. I remember this one because we spent so long. We, we paused uh-huh. this game for 30 minutes <laughs> trying to figure out how this card would work. Right. That is my biggest complaint is <clears throat> you have to be specific Right. On those types of cards. And there were a couple different ones in there like that. Right. Now, I went on to Board Game Geek, and there's plenty of, of people saying we need clarifications for these. And I think that, I think, you know, that Brad over at uh, Level 99 is probably just going to hold his breath for a few weeks, let a ton of questions pile in, and then he's just going to set aside an afternoon to clarify stuff. We hope. I hope so. Because <laughs> right now, it, it needs some clearing up. Having said that, though... I can't say that I disliked it for any of those reasons. I really did enjoy this game. I'm, right. I'm like skipping it to the end. Sorry. Oh, she is. Well, I really, I don't want it to sound too horrible because, right. you know, those are types of things that it's easy to say this card makes absolute zero sense. I don't put it in my deck then. I'll just right. sell that one instead. And then maybe on a future, so, you know, future play, they'll have explained it better. Well, let me we say it like it this. Let me say it like this when I talk about the rules. Okay. It's this. You and I played a two-hour-plus game to begin with. Then we played a 90-minute game. Then we played a 90-minute game. And at the end of the third 90-minute game is when I felt like I was starting to really understand how to play this game. And I found that you were starting to understand it as well. Mm -hmm. And we were starting to play the game as equals, finally. Right. Was after the third game. Now, I won the first three... But we split the next two, and the last game was a close split. It was within two points. It was 85 to 83 was our final score in the game. And that's when the game was starting to get the most interesting, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. You know? But this game has dense rules, and it's got a lot of play effects that until you experience them multiple, multiple times, you're not going to get the flow of it and kind of figure out how to move things along and get things 
the way they need to be within a certain amount be, of time. What's going to be important. Right. Because you're doing things in a timed fashion. So mm-hmm. just like any skill in a timed situation, you need experience for that to become second nature or to become good at it. Right. And you, this is one of these games that I bet you that if we played anyone else right off the street without them knowing how to play this, even if they play Magic the Gathering, that we would school them in this. Well, you would. <laughs> well, I'm just, I, would, I bet you would too right now. I don't, I don't know. Because I, of the I experience okay. of it, you would, you would automatically know what to do. They would have to learn that skill set right. and they would be in trouble because they wouldn't know exactly how everything relates to each other right off the bat. It would be, it's a game I don't, I don't look forward to having to ever teach anybody. That's the other That's problem. That's the problem. With yeah. the rules. Mm-hmm. Is that you and I talked like we were we were thinking maybe we would teach Matt and Brianna to play this maybe or something and try to get them involved. But it's such a bear to try to teach this. And because of that experience effect, I don't think anyone's going to have fun. It reminds me of, of uh, Race, to the Gal- Race for the Galaxy. Race for the Galaxy has this like uh, this this sort of stigma of being a game that people who are really experienced like they only want to play with other experienced people because they don't want to go through all the symbols that are in the game and try to teach the idea of all these all this symbology. Mm -hmm. This thing that has has some symbols, but it has a lot of phrases and a lot of different modes and a lot of things going on at once. And you're not going to be able to digest all of that on your first game. Yeah. It's just, it's just a multi-game kind of thing. So, long story short, Matt, you need to learn how to play this game. We'll let you borrow <laughs> the copy, and then eventually we'll play it for a player. <laughs> That's what... <laughs> no. <laughs> I would say Matt and Brianna, but I don't think she listens. They can if they, they can try if they want to. I just I won't hold my breath. Okay. So, anyways, what would you rate this out of five? You and I played this game five times. What would you rate this on a fun factor out of five? Obviously, if we were going to give it a difficulty rating, it, I'd say a five out of difficulty five. Difficulty is five. Yeah. So, what is what is the what is the fun factor for you? I had so much fun playing this game. I yeah. really did. Huh? I would. I wish I could play it with more people, though. Right. And I'm scared if I play it with more people, I'm going to feel like an idiot because they're going to have to be experienced people. And that's just going to point out that even once I get experience with it, I make too many mistakes all mm-hmm. the time. Um, so I'm going to give it a four. Right. Because with two players, I love it, but it ne- it feels like I- I'm missing out on something. But with right. more players, I-, I still feel like somebody would know too much. So. I think I think it's a four as well. Okay. It just barely edges into a four for me. It was almost a three, but I, I got to say, there's something about the, the, the thinky parts of it that kind of overweigh any problems I have with, like, for instance, towards the end, I felt like we needed to shorten our timers. Now, you wanted to. I know, but... I was fine with the But timers. that's what I'm saying. I, I felt like we needed to have, have them be six minutes, two six-minute ones, and then a five-minute one. But see, that's also the other thing you can do with this. Yeah, I, I'm sure I could house can, rule that, and that'd be no well, big absolute, deal. Well, you're not going to, but oh, yeah, yeah. you can with if you know people agree. You could lengthen the times, like right. if you if you are playing with newer newer players, you could give them ten minutes each, right. the first two rounds, and then six minutes or whatever. And and you know? the crazy thing is about this is I would totally. I mean, honestly, if someone told me, "Hey, there's an expansion out for Millennium Blades just came out," I'm probably going to pick it up. Yeah. I have to admit it. Yeah. It's just it's got fun. that and this is this is that Brad Talton guy. He's just this, amazing at these these dense strategy games that that seem 
God, they just got great themes, but they're just so dense at the same time. It's sort of like Vlada. I mean, he's he's right there in that same class to me. Well, this scratches an itch that I don't think anyone else has done. So without having to spend a ton of money. Oh my God, I, I guess. So. And yeah, and we heard this game was in development for like a few years. Yeah. He's been really trying to work it out. So once an errata comes out, I don't see any problem with this game. It's definitely yeah. a four. Yeah. So that is Millennium Blades, and that leaves Lord of the Rings Confrontation, Pix- Pixel Junk Tactics, uh, The Inland Port, and Tides of Time. Woo-hoo. Still on our five for five, and I'm sure we'll get to another one of those before the next episode. But, Nicole, I went on the guild, and something piqued my interest. <sighs> Wow, would you look at that? Magnificent. Here are some peaked interests. So, Nicole, I went to our guild and I asked them went to all the way there. I went all the way there, and which was home again. It was on my on my phone, and oh. <laughs> and I asked them to uh, name their favorite licensed board games. And they came up with these. I'll just let you know what they said. Now, Brendan weighed in first. And he said his is for probably his favorite is Sherlock Holmes, the consulting de- detective, which isn't licensed as it is a public domain. But he really likes Star Wars Rebellion. Uh, but his favorite is probably Legendary Encounters in an Alien Deck Building Game. It's a good choice. Yes. Very I, good. I, I mean, I don't deny that. We applaud you for that. And, and I, honestly, I'm looking at Star Wars Rebellion still. I haven't, I haven't completely written it off. But it's, I, I don't know. It's such a, oh, it's such an epic length. <laughs> it's like something I can only do on one of those marathon game days. So I don't know. Uh, he says that his honorable mention for a game that isn't quite licensed, but feels like it should, goes to the Big Book of Madness, which is, I, I've heard of this mentioned. I he said keep it, looking at that. I kind of want it. Right. He says of. it feels like the misadventures in the restricted sec- or section, uh, Arkham Horror. So anyways, it, it's like uh we should get it. <laughs> Maybe we will. Okay. Uh, so yeah, that that's kind of it's. He's kind of pushing it onto my list of just kind of stuff to try. It I'd seems like I already looked at it and thought I I want that, but it didn't seem like one that you did. So. I mildly do. I understand. I totally like do. when I looked at it, I thought, oh, the Book of Madness. They mean the Necronomicon. It looks good. Okay. Looks so, really anyways, good. Uh, anyhow, David weighed in after that, and he said, "There's a few that he really enjoys: Battlestar Galactica, anything Lord of the Rings." And he says that one day he'd like to see Stargate or Blade Runner. I thought they did a Stargate one. I don't think Didn't so. They? No. Not that I remember. No, they did a TV series. No, I'm sorry. I'm Blade Runner, though. I liked Stargate. That was fun. I don't know. I, didn't, I don't remember. Why. I didn't watch Blade Runner. Blade Runner's okay. Every time I think about Blade Runner, I always think about what's that uh, Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. And how much more I like it than Blade Runner. Well, like I said, I haven't seen it. So <laughs> Apologies, David. I like I like Escape from New York more and than I, Blade I Runner. I actually would really like to play Battlestar Galactica. Don't we have that? We have it. Why don't, why don't we play That's this? That's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> I've, I've heard such good things. It's, it's, it's three hours long, and I've, I have to learn it and have a three-hour block to play in. When's their next vacation? <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> telling you. I'm telling you. That I, I, get, I get a one-hour to one-and-a-half-hour block pretty easily. Two is pushing it. Three is off the table most weeks. Yeah, I know. Okay. So, uh, after Next. that, Daniel weighed in and said Spartacus, Blood and Treachery, Which Wheeling we and Dealing, Backstabbing, Tons of Dice Rolling for Combat, Gambling, Possible Decapitations, Auctioning, Trading, So Much in This Game, Oh, and Suggestive Adult Themes. <laughs> I just did That's my, gonna be really hard to edit. I just did my little fingers together. <laughs> anyway. Uh, we have that game, too. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so I think sort Daniel of. has signed himself up to play that with us. Yes. Uh, it's uh, it's it, it looks like a fun game. I, I've played like a practice game of it, and uh, it's funny how the, the, there's there's gladiatorial combat in that game, and it seems like it's not that important because you have these two different factors. You have moving around, and then you have hitting people. And if you can basically make it so, so someone can't move around, you can basically dominate them, but... If you can't hit anybody at the same time, you can't really dominate anybody, anyways. No, makes it very difficult. It's it's a fun game, and there's like and the, and the game seems like it's a gladiatorial thing, but really, it's like seventy percent of the game is just politics between mm. the you and your other houses. It's it's actually really cool. Uh, Jeff weighed in said probably Clue Doctor Who because Doctor Who, although he has a soft spot in his heart for Star Trek, Star Trek Catan, or, or part of Star Trek Catan, he can take he can take or leave the Catan part. I agree with that. And uh, <laughs> he said he almost or wait, he in said the, in the almost licensed game, uh, he, he said in all but the licensed game category. What in the almost a licensed game in all but the license? There you go. Category Fortune and Glory. Because Indiana Jones. Yeah, I know. It totally feels like we, Indiana Jones. We actually Jones. have an Indiana Jones licensed game. It's garbage. Oh, the it's DVD terrible. Game. It's bad. <laughs> but we, he says he's looking forward to Star Trek Frontiers, the Mage Knight reskin. And if you don't have Mage Knight, I don't see why you shouldn't get it. The reports in early right now are that it's a little bit cooler. They basically re- replace the landscape with, you know, Starscape, space. you know. And you, so it's you just, travel around in space and the inter- a black board with little white dots? Kind of, but there's planets, and you visit <laughs> planets and attack things in the planets and stuff. And I, I mean, we I don't still know. haven't played Mage Knight, so. Hmm. So I thought that we would uh, weigh so, in with our top five intellectual property games. Yeah, I want, I want to go back for a second. You this, do? This Clue Doctor Who, I wonder if it plays like actual Clue. Like, is it a three-player? Because, you know, they have the variants on Clue where sometimes you can get two-player. Right, and where does the TARDIS fit in? I don't know. Is it know. one of the murder I'm, weapons? Well, that's what I'm confused <laughs> about. I'm like, I'm, I'm actually quite intrigued right. about that one. Okay, fine. You should get Clue Doctor Who. Maybe. You're going to get it. Maybe. So let's go over our top five intellectual property games. Now, this includes uh, maybe some games that aren't in our collection, but honestly, I think it's mostly games that are in our collection. Right? Huh? Well, no. I don't know what you got. You did something weird again, I I'm did sure. not. So what's your number five? Go. Well, I, I didn't put them in any particular order. Oh, you didn't follow directions. F plus. You got a plus. Don't get sad. Okay. <laughs> well, because I wasn't sure if you meant, like, because, okay, just like Brendan, he's got his uh, not right. licensed because it's okay. open, open, sure, public domain, whatever. Great. I had a couple of those. Okay. So one of them would be Eldritch Horror. Right, which is open Lovecraft. license. Lovecraft is open license. So... Counts doesn't count. My only, it's not anyone's intellectual property. But so, I never said intellectual property. I said licensed game. But nobody has to license that because it's not intellectual property. You said intellectual property to me. It's not you intellectual made, property. Somebody intelligently, intellectually thought of it. No, I don't know. No, it's no one owns property. that. I don't no know. No one owns that. I wonder who owns you, nobody that. Nobody has to moon. license that. <laughs> you could just do that. That's why there's so many Cthulhu games out there. Well, that's why I, I don't. I didn't put them in any order and. You poo-pooed my list. So, you, what's your number five? My number five is Sons of Anarchy. Hmm. Also on my list. So, we'll just say that's my number four. <laughs> <laughs> number five, Sons of Anarchy. Sons of Anarchy is a pretty good game as far as theming it goes for intellectual property. You play it's a bike game really and good. you trade drugs and money, just like the TV show. Yeah. 
Guns, Drugs, and Money. That's no, the that's, that game should be retitled that if it ever loses the IP. Guns, Drugs, and Money. They would love yeah, it. Pretty much. It's amazing. Honestly, though, I mean, it was it was a great game, but do not play it with the kids. No, so. it's not for children. No, it's, it's not. It's adult. I yeah. think it even says it on the box. Yeah. But I think it's, it's a 17 plus. It's a, it's a quality game. It's, it's a lot of fun. Although I don't think it's quite as an adult. This is the truth. As Spartacus. How am I going to edit Spartacus then? <laughs> You're doomed. I'm doomed. Number four, Nicole. What do you got? Sons of Anarchy. I, Anarchy. Oh, okay. I just well, said that. My number four is Lord of the Rings, the co-op game by Reiner Kinizia. Huzzah. Is it Kinizia? I always Can hate I, that. Kinizia? It always sounds like Nizia. Is he the knight of Nietzsche? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways. Okay. He, uh, but yeah, Lord of the Rings co-op is not too bad. You travel across the map and you have, uh, you know, the little, uh, what do they call it? I can't remember the whatever of the ring. What? <laughs> don't they have, don't they name their group? The Anar- Sons of Anarchy of the Ring? <laughs> what do they name themselves? Fellowship of the Ring. High five. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> they name themselves the Fellowship of the Ring. Well, it's a book, right? Right, but it's also the name of the group that's going to travel with the ring and take it to Mount Doom. They named their group that? That's yes. what that is? They wore. They had, like, those those vests, those leather vests <laughs> with, with Fellowship of the Ring on the back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that at all. No, that didn't happen. Okay. But they did ride, ride motorcycles. No, <laughs> the... Uh, but this game, you travel along, and it's got this really cool thing. You travel along this path. And you kind of wherever you land is what kind of uh, what kind of problems you're going to have and what kind of rewards you're going to get for them, and you try to move along this path between four different boards, which are all based on certain locations in the trilogy of, of Lord of the Rings books, and you have this weird light and dark meter at the top that shows how close you are to the Eye of Sauron, and and whether or not you're going to die. Mm-hmm. And you can lose the game if the eye ever goes down, and you can lose the game a couple other different ways, or if your guys ever move into the eye. It's it's really it's really pretty good, and it's 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 kind of designated as one of the first true co-op games, like preceding Pandemic, and stuff like that. Hmm. So it's it's uh, Reiner Nietzsche. We'll just say that because I hate the k. <laughs> Reiner Nietzsche. The k should be silent. It's I not, think so because it's not a knife. I, th- I think so. Reiner <laughs> Nietzsche did this, and it, it's actually uh, it's actually pretty fun. Kneel before Zod, <laughs> and, and it actually feels pretty good because you do stuff like in the game. The cards that will make you go closer to it will like, you know, say that you kind of you know, give in to the power of the ring or whatever. You put the ring on to use invisibility to escape. Move Frodo one space closer towards the Eye of Sauron. Yeah, that game was good. It's not I'll bad, it. right? I like that one. Yeah, yeah, it does the theme really well. Yes, move right. right along. Number three, Nicole. What do you got? Um, another one that I don't think you're going to count, Fury yeah. of Dracula. Because, you know, like Dracula and all that. I don't count that. <laughs> no, that's fine, whatever. Which actually kind of more popped into my head because I was thinking about that because of the way that that Labyrinth game is going to work. So it's basically someone, designed for four people. So. Someone may own Dracula, like the actual title Dracula. They don't own vampires, but they but own Dracula. Fury of Dracula. They may own Dracula. Say, no, it can't. Because it would have to say Bram Stoker's then. You think so? I think so. Is Dracula? That's why they named public? the movie Bram Stoker's Dracula. I think I don't think it was public domain at the time or something. Right. So they had to name it Bram Stoker's. I'm making this up as I go. You're such a liar. <laughs> such a the, liar. Uh, <laughs> I should play coup. I know. Contessa. No. <laughs> the uh, so my number three is Star Wars Imperial Assault. Oh. I think this is pretty fun. I think it gives a it, it gives a little bit of story outside of the you know or, or well within, you know the 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 uh, 
setting they've created and uh, gives you a little more information, gives you your own version of this Star Wars kind of stuff with a lot of familiar elements that make it interesting, you know, like Darth Vader and Han Solo shows up and all these guys that, you, that you're familiar with it's show up. Cute little Star Wars adventure. Right, and I think there's a lot to it. I think they build really well. It's it's fun to see an IP applied to such a robust system of, of role-playing game in a box as Descent 2.0. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a really impressive title. Star Wars Imperial Assault. Nicole, number two. Leads right into mine, Star Wars Risk. Oh, my God. That's I a fun game. It. That That's a fun game. I, I, I mean... To I, take a game like Risk that you absolutely despise and make it something that you actually enjoyed... I can tolerate this game. It's fun. It's a good game. There's a lot going on, and there's these weird bonuses that, that are kind of like... You know, obviously, the centerpiece is this space battle. Mm-hmm. Okay? So that's happening. And I got to but play the Millennium Falcon. you kind of, like, are able to adjust how much you do in that, you know, how, how good or bad you do on these little side missions of trying to ter- shut down the shields on the these uh, Death Star or having a lightsaber battle or, you know... I mean, you get to do all this really cool stuff on mm-hmm. the side that, And it feels very Star Warsy. It doesn't feel like... I don't even know how... I still don't understand why they called it Risk. Just because it was dice? Who I don't cares? know. I mean, I think, I think the base mechanic of the spaceship combat is Risk still. Uh, true, yeah. Okay. But with all those bonuses, like, I get to play three more cards because I killed Luke in this in the lightsaber fight. He How was, cool is that? He was asking for it. I mean, that's so cool. In, in our game, Darth Vader destroyed Luke, and I got three extra cards or four extra cards to play that turn in the starship yes. battle. That's super cool. See? That's I'm why I saying. like that game. It's a fun one. That's my number two. My number two is Star Trek Fleet Captains. Now, <laughs> this game is, is really cool. You got this big star field, and you're trying to gain victory points, and the first person to a certain number of victory points wins. But you are doing stuff like a Star Trek episode. You're traveling, you know, in the Enterprise or whatever, a variety of ships. I mean, they give you all the all the different ships through all the different genres or, or different settings of Star Trek. And you get to go to certain planets, and you get to land on planets, investigate them, and gain victory points and stuff. And meanwhile, the Klingon player is doing the same thing. And I have a set upstairs that we've never even used yet. That's the Romulan players, so we could play three players. And there's a fourth set out that we could play a four-player game right now that gives, like, the trade federations. I don't think I remember this game. You're going to have to show it to me later. You and I played it. I'm sure we did. It was at the old place, though. I must not have been... At our old house. Oh, well, then. That's a long time ago. Right. But you lay out all these little hexagonal uh, tiles, and they're they're really shoddy. I mean, the the components are kind of crappy in one regard. Mm. The spaceships are fine. They're all like Heroclick-type ships. Okay. And they have these weird settings where you can set your either your engines up full blast, or you can change your battery settings, like how you you, uh, use your energy in your ship so that it does more offensive and defensive or more speed and less defense or whatever. And there's like these weird settings you can set your ship to while you're playing the game. And you make these kind of strategic decisions. It's a fun game. Hmm. It's solid. And there's a ton of Star Trek contained in this game. Mm -hmm. I mean, you feel like you're playing episodes of Star Trek every turn you you take. You feel like you're just exploring planets and discovering tribbles. Moving around and, and, oh, wow, a Klingon Warbird. Warbird was... You know, cloaked in this area. Now I have to fight him. <laughs> right? Sure. That's Star Trek Fleet Captains. I don't care if it's forgotten already. It's still cool. Okay. Still cool, cool. still super thematic. What's your number one? Um, It's the same as your number one. Legendary Aliens? That deck. would be correct. 
And dun, da, 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 Brendan wins a cookie. That's no, right. I so Brendan, no you get a, you get a ribbon. You get a ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever that means. Send your address to. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> don't. I don't want I don't to know. go buy a ribbon. I know. I have to buy some ribbon and I'll just use a Sharpie on it. It'll just say. You win. Good job. Gold star. Hey, can we like post it on the guild? Like a little ribbon on no. there? That'd be fun. No, I can't. You can't figure that out? I don't know how to do that. There's got to be a way. There probably is. I don't know how to do it. Okay. Brandon, I'd probably have to pay someone some money to, in order and... to give out gold ribbons. <laughs> I was like getting the gold stars. <laughs> that That's might cool. make people excited, though, if they could get a tab cast ribbon. Ooh. I don't know how to do that. <laughs> I don't either. If anybody knows how to do that, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> Legendary Aliens is amazing. I love that game. <laughs> It's one of my favorites. Now, we, in full disclosure, we have Predator upstairs, and it's been sitting there since September, and I haven't done anything but organize the game, order the cards I was missing, get the cards, put them in the box, reorganize it again, and put it on the shelf. And it sat there. Yes. We've dusted it. I've dusted right. it. Which makes me feel bad, because I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest, Spartacus has sat up there longer than that. I got Spartacus like a year and a half ago, and we haven't played it. No, we have not. Because I need to choose the right moment, because it's a mean game. It's not nice. <laughs> like, Daniel probably has the right disposition to play this one. Probably. Um, another mean. game, uh, Battlestar Galactica, it's upstairs. It's been sitting there for about a year. I think I got it about a year ago. And I want to play it. Yeah, I do. Too. But it's it's a hidden role game, and it's mean as well. It is one of those games where you can sort of, like, go, surprise, I ruined your entire plan. So, <clears throat> I didn't know if you'd care, but I was... Looking at ones that are coming up. Let's hear them. We're going to get honorable mentions. Let's of hear them since I'm you're since you're to. into breaking breaking rules. Let's just hear it. I'll just give Go you a for couple. it. Okay. Well, there's that Harry Potter game which we mentioned already, the Hogwarts battle. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to that. We didn't mention on this podcast. Was it just on the computer? See, I, I think those, so. I get confused. What is it? I don't even know. It doesn't matter. Hogwarts battle. Totally want it. It's a deck building game. It's got like seven years in it. There's, all I could see was there was like seven books that you get to, I don't know. It's a deck building co-op that I know of. I don't even care. I just want it. The only problem that holds me back is you're like, it's a deck building co-op and then you throw USAopoly on it. Yeah, okay. I don't care. And I'm like, oh. It could be awesome. <laughs> if know. it said, if it was like deck building Harry Potter co-op AEG, I would have been like, oh. But instead I went, oh. I don't know. I'm waiting <laughs> to hear, like, I, I need to watch more about it, like, see right. if I can find more about it. Okay, next. Um, the next one I still don't know anything about, and I don't care. We're going to get it. Is that legendary Big Trouble in Little China? That's, that's one of my favorite games of all time. One movies. of these days, I'm not kidding, I spent lots of hours researching movies by decades. And, I mean, I'm, I'm probably not up to date in the last year, but I'm going to be honest, not much has come out in the last year that I've loved. Enough to put on a top 10 list. But I did it by decade. And I figured out since the beginning of cinema what my top 10 movies of all time are. Yeah, we'll announce that I next did that week. as, a, as a, just a good time, <laughs> just for myself thing before I even started this podcast. Oh, I know. Good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so ironic, too, because you'll make your own little top 10 lists, but yet you don't like watching like the top 10 this, the top five that. I on watch top YouTube. 10 board game things. But you, uh, YouTube, YouTube. I know, YouTube. You, like, you don't like those. One day we'll be big enough; it'll be called YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> uh, and I'll skip a couple of these. But there was one that I swear I'm looking through there, and I'm like, 
last Friday. They're making a movie about that? What is, what is it? This, about skipping work and <laughs> sitting around? And hmm? No, it has nothing to do with Friday <laughs> or last Friday, whatever the sequel was. It's a Friday the 13th homage game. Right. What is that called? Last Friday. I think I heard about that. It looks kind of neat, but it's, some, it's, it's, it's like, it's, but it's going to be like a hidden roll move, a hidden roll move. Oh, I can't no. talk. A hidden roll game? Yes. Mm. Which, but it's supposed to be like letters from Whitechapel, except that the bad guy is supposed to chase you down instead of you chasing him down kind of thing. Mm. What? It sounds cool. I love Friday the 13th part one. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. It's so good. I, you've made me watch it enough times. I know <clears> this. You, you do love it. I don't, I don't care what anyone says. My favorite horror theme song of all time, I'll just throw this out there, I won't even give you the top five, is, is Friday the 13th by Frank Manfredini. Even better than The Exorcist one? Oh my god, it's so good. Hmm. It's really cool. That guy does a great job. Even better than the Halloween one? Yes. Hmm. Better than John Carpenter. Because hmm. that's who did the Halloween theme. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyhow, that's all I got. Cool. Well, this week we played a game called Portal. It's based on a video game. Let's find out what about that. All these games have been Some of my decks are extreme. We played a game like this. What about that? Now, I don't have like a big what about that about this. So I'm not going to go like way <laughs> off in left field about this. But what I am going to say is that uh, this was a title that was sort of tacked on to a set called the Orange Box. Now Wasn't the Orange it like an Xbox exclusive. Too? No, it, it was all over the place. But here's what's the box here's what's funny about okay. the Orange Box. The Orange Box was anticipated, like people wanted it because of an expansion to a game called Half Life Two. That's why now, you wanted it. Is it? Yes. No, it's not. You know why I wanted it? No, apparently. I wanted it because included in this was the much anticipated sequel to the Quake Two based uh, modification called Team Fortress. That's right. Because how much did I play Team Fortress on my Pentium 2 200 megahertz computer? A lot. A lot. A lot, a lot. Right. A lot. Well, they were finally going to give an updated version of this, and they had been promising it for Quake 3. They didn't do it. They promised it for Half-Life. They didn't do it. And suddenly Half-Life 2 is out, and I'm like, are they going to do this or what? And they say, Orange Box, Team Fortress 2 is finally coming. Funny thing. I hardly played Team Fortress 2 at all. Mm -hmm. That just happened, just like that. Mm -hmm. I didn't care. It was okay. It lacked the spirit of the first. I had so many better games to play at the time. I just didn't care. Mm -hmm. It was okay. I don't think I even tried it. The expansion for Half-Life 2 was amazing, but in the background, the third title on the list was this little unknown puzzle game, first-person puzzle game called Portal. Right? Right. Now, the thing about Portal is... It was packaged with all this bloodshed. Okay, <laughs> yeah. you got this these guns and you know all this killing and all this crazy stuff going on. I say I'd say Team Fortress a lot more than Half Life Two, but Half Life Two was still killing a bunch of aliens. This game you did what did feature a per, first person shooter just like the other ones, and you did have a gun, except your gun didn't shoot bullets; it shot portals mm -hmm. of two different colors, a blue portal and an orange portal. Both of them popped out about the size of of what you were. And when you walked through the blue one, you came out of the orange one and vice versa. Right. And that was the entire point. You want to get up higher on the ledge, you shoot a blue portal over here in the corner corner, and an orange portal up there and you walk through it and you're on the ledge. 
So there was no real jumping. I mean, there was, I think you could kind of jump. You could jump. But your jump was pathetic. Yeah. It was like a real person as opposed to Mario Brothers. Right. <laughs> so, so, I mean, this is like a totally different thing. And someone tells me, and I'm listening to, to video game podcasts at the time. I was really, really into video games at the time. A lot more than board games. And I hear them talking about this portal game and they're saying it's this puzzle game. And I'm like, puzzle game? Eh. Yeah, because you don't like Tetris or... Right. Yeah. I'm just not a puzzle game guy for the most part, which is funny considering that problem solving, I really like. That's what board games are most of the time is just, you know, complex problem solving. Mm -hmm. Whereas this game was a puzzle game and I'm just like, and basically is that problem solving? And I'm like, eh, I don't know. And the problem is, is with puzzle games is how much theme is there in a, is a puzzle, in a puzzle game most of the time? Like zero. Like Tetris was Russian, but... Okay, by the why? way, I have to interrupt. Oh. They are making a Tetris movie. That sounds so stupid. Three of them. Ooh, Whoa. I hit the table. I hit the table. Three of them, from what I hear. Flip it. It's going to be a trilogy <laughs> of Tetris. Right. Oh, my goodness. Continue. All right. So, with your portal gun in your hand, you sort of wake up in this laboratory environment... It's this really sterile space, and you don't know what it is. And there's a, this disembodied voice emitting from overhead, instructing you to proceed through challenges and receive this award of cake. Like, it keeps promoting it. Like, hey, if you get through this, you'll get some cake. And it keeps telling you that. And you do these weird challenges. And you're most of the time, you're just getting from point A to point B across some sort of area that's hard to get across, mm -hmm. you know? And using your portal gun in a variety of ways. It's really innovative how, how many different ways they figure out to make you use this, this idea of moving from this hole to that hole. I mean, truly. And they have a really cool way. The, the game really has this great way of punishing you just enough to make you feel like you are just about to quit. And then you do it just right. And you go, hey, I'm smart. <laughs> That's really what it is. You yeah. have this private moment on your couch with your controller in your hand where you're like, oh, that's it. I'm smart again. And you're <laughs> like, I'm going to continue to the next level and, and try to figure that out because I just figured out that I'm smart. Mm -hmm. And you go to the next level and you're like, am I dumb? And you start asking your question, yourself that question and you spend just long enough to say, I think I'm going to quit. I'm too dumb. And all of a sudden it's just like, boom, I'm smart again. And if they perfectly balanced it between this dumb and smart dynamic in your brain <laughs> that you would just keep playing this. And the game played for about five to seven hours. It was pretty awesome. Just like this, right? Yes. Which in, in video games terms, five hours is is way too short. Yeah. Seven hours is, is not even still not even quite right right still. I mean you're That's supposed to play about still. fifteen hours yeah. to have a full game experience. Yeah, but this was part of a pack in, so there you go. Fine. And it was and it was like the you know, the, the back you know, the back closet of the orange box and amongst all the dusty boxes was Portal. Mm hmm Right? Turns out that Portal was the most popular part of this set. Mm-hmm. Okay? Half-Life 2's expansion was supposed to be supersede, like, you know, succeeded by another expansion that never came out. Yeah. Everybody's still left waiting for that. Valve. <laughs> <laughs> right? 
Team Fortress 2, like I said, not didn't have the spirit of the original one. Didn't quite feel right. The Half-Life engine didn't quite feel as good as the Quake 2 engine in that regard. And in, into this this head-to-head team versus team capture the flag game. Mm-hmm. Didn't quite do it. But Portal was its own unique thing designed right there and was like, you know, a breath of fresh air for everybody. Yeah. So Valve turned around and put its attention into Portal 2. And Portal 2 came out a couple years later, and it was a co-op game. That So that you and I actually played this game by, you know, together all the way through this, this co-op game. And I don't know, was the single game different from that? I can't oh, remember. Oh, I don't even remember. I think it's it was been, the same. It's been literally years at this point. Right, right. Since we played either. Right. But, I mean, this this game has now entered... I think it was different, though. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. But this game, I mean, honestly, this game has is so much more popular than Half-Life was and than Team Fortress was that it's now become part of, like, internet pop culture, to mm-hmm. be quite honest. And at this point, you can get t-shirts, you can get toys, you can get even a board game. What? So let's find out if this board game is a lie. The following is a true recount of a board gaming session. It is not merely a conversation. It contains the actual sounds of components, success and failure, and in-the-moment emotions from the incident itself. The archivists of this audio would like to remind the faint of heart that the people involved are not rules experts, did not design the game, and do not always play nice. No one was murdered in the playing of this game. All right, Portal is a modular tile game and an area control game for two to four players. The players compete to be the first to accomplish one of two goals, either be the player with the most cake on the board with none of their own test subjects on it, or destroy all the other players' cake. That's right, this game is all about having cake. The board is actually made up of three rows of tiles, each with five tiles, and these tiles represent test chambers. Each turn, one of the three tiles to the right will be removed, flipped over to reveal another test chamber on the back side, and placed again at the left side of the rows. Players have test subjects with little colored, uh, that are little colored bases with a silhouette looking man on top to move around the chambers. These subjects will do a couple of different things, like move cake or activate chambers. Now, you see, when chambers on the right at the end of the player's turn is removed, the player with the most test subjects inside will score a a, a bunch of resources that are printed on the tile. These are usually, like, more subjects, like test subjects, gun emplacements, portals, and, yes, cake. The subjects inside the chamber are destroyed, but at least there's cake. So, the new resources are placed on the left side of the tiles, and the turns continue. As the tiles move, your precious cakes gets closer to being destroyed, so moving it away from the trouble and positioning your test subjects is the key to having the most dessert. Portal, the uncooperative cake acquisition game. This is a bit of an abstract game, and we played two players and two times for this recording, as the games were, were two, uh, were two, both games were only around 25 minutes each. So let's see how that turns out. All right, Nicole. Let's just jump into the first turn. Let's just do this. Okay. Here we go. Sounds (laughs) good. You ready to do this? Sure. All right, Cole. Do you want first turn? No. Yeah? 
How do you determine first player? First Whoever turn? ate cake last time. You ate cake more recently. I ate two pieces at the jazz museum. I have not had any cake. <laughs> I didn't have. I didn't finish the pieces in, in case you decide to use this audio and people are like, "Oh, look who ate two pieces of cake." <laughs> Although I did have a cupcake. Did Does you? It count? Yes, that's cake. Well, when did you have it? Cup style. Doesn't matter. Friday. You had it Friday, so you had cake since I had cake. Yeah. For sure. So you're first. Okay. So you get to start by deploying that back over your aperture card, which you have none. Okay. So now you get to move your guys. Move. Okay, grouchy. Oh, I did that sound grouchy? Yeah. I said move. Mm-hmm. Jeez. You're sensitive then. I'll just call you sensitive. <laughs> okay, I'm going to move here. Okay, that's a fine move. And then I activate a test chamber. Mm-hmm. So you have to pick up GLaDOS and put her in one of these last three chambers, and that's going to be the one that activates. Okay. Well, let's go with that one. Okay. So you nobody has anything in there, so nobody gets the rewards. So GLaDOS gets picked up, and we recycle this chamber. Why is she even in the game, then? Just to make sure you mark. If there's a bunch of them, you get paid, and you can remember where to go. So. Oh. Okay. So pull this tile out, which okay. is going to be kind of tight. Eh. Eh. <laughs> it's got these two oh, little God. bite marks. Just pull I, it. I'm trying. Oh, <laughs> that's much easier. No, it's not. <laughs> okay, and then I flip it over. Right, you flip it but over the... and you put it. You're going to take the t- that with it. So flip it over. Flip it over. And you put it in one of these three rows. Any any spot you want. Even if it's not. Right. Like it's not connected. It's connected. Sort of. It is. So that's where that goes, and the token goes with it. So your turn is over. Okay. My turn. I don't have any cards. I will. I'll move both. Well, oh, I forgot one more thing. Ooh. Oh, what? You get this card if you only move one guy on your turn. You get to you get a card automatically. If you only move one guy, you get a card automatically. Right. So if I move just this guy, which I will, I get a card. Okay. Like at the time that you moved him. Right. So now I have to activate a test chamber. I'll activate. Oh, it says if you move only one test subject, draw an aperture card, or gain it, or gain a test subject. I could have gained a test subject. Get one then. Go ahead. Well, then that would give you this. Just, <laughs> I'm activating this chamber. Okay, fine. I'll just keep my card. And it flips over, and I'll put it back in the same spot. Why not? And it's going to be like that. Oh, that puts a turret down when we do that one. Hey. You know what else puts a turret down? This card. Your turn. Okay. <laughs> All right. So you do start with uh, four of your test subjects on the tiles. Uh, you got two in the middle, one on top, and one in the bottom rows. <clears throat> so you do have you do have like you know some movements to go off of right to begin with. Mm-hmm. Now these test subjects. I'm gonna just a comment about the figurines in this game. They are so basic. It's unbelievable. They they are they look like they could be the symbols on the outside of a men's room. Because they're just like little cutouts. They do have like a weird little hand up like this, like up like, like up above their head, kind of waving to you. Yeah. But beyond that, it's like they look like a men's room man. Wasn't that kind of what they look like in the video game, though? I think they would have like they like, like whenever you would go into like a whenever you go into a chamber, it would show you some like. What you're going to be doing. Yeah. And they'd be these weird little men's room kind of drawings. Yeah. Kind of look like the little AOL guy, too. Right. So you get these little guys, and they, they just have like a little painted ring around the base of them. 
is all they have that to, to designate which one's which. But you do have a few of these on there. Now, since we've had to get over, you know, since we start on the left side and we have to get all the way over to the right uh, side to begin getting cake at the expense of these poor subjects, let's see where the game goes from here. I'm going to play my repulsion gel. What does that do? That means I get to move all test subjects from a single chamber to one adjacent chamber of my choosing. Mm-hmm. And so that's, you basically get a free move. Yeah. So. So what's your free move going to be? I'm going to move this guy here. Okay. And then this card goes into the character card. Okay. So it's the, uh, the Franken turret is now a global effect. So, well, it's not until next turn. So once at the start of each player's turn, they may swap one aperture card with another player's card. For God's sake, your boxes with legs is what it says. Okay. So, okay. <laughs> okay, activate a chamber. No, I get to move still. Oh, okay, move. Oh, yeah, you can move into a final I chamber. know. I'm going to move that guy one. Okay. And I get a card because I only moved one. Right. And then I can activate the chamber so I can burn him up and get two test subjects and a piece of cake yes. on the board. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to do that. So GLaDOS is going there to indicate. I know. I, I, it's, I know. I know. I'm with you. I think it's a ridiculous step. And she doesn't even look that good. And she's sideways. She's on one side. She's upside down on one side. What? Shouldn't she be like that? Standing up, hovering over. Is that what she looks like? Well, she's... I don't know. I have no idea. We'll, well just that's go good with enough. That. Okay. Okay, so I take this one out. All right. I get two test subjects and a piece of cake. Right, and they go into these last three rows, right? And where now. does this guy go? He dies. He's dead. Yes. So he just comes back to me? Right. So I can use him again later. Right. Okay. Put your guys in there. And this flips. Before you do that, that's what? why she matters. Because you don't get to move until that's done. So now get your tokens. And put them out over here. Right. And they have to go all in the same spot, right? No. They can go wherever you want. Really? That's cool. Yes. Okay, well then. Okay, now remove GLaDOS. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Okay, GLaDOS remove is GLaDOS. gone. Now flip the tile and recycle it. Okay, flip. See, GLaDOS fixed your problems right off the bat. She did? Yeah, you almost recycled because you didn't have a GLaDOS token down. Okay, so I, I didn't mention GLaDOS is basically the computer from the first or from the game. Right. Right. And she's... she is represented in this game with a token. And she's sort of the one who helps you through all these test chambers and stuff like that. Uh, in this game, her only purpose is just to tell you which which tile you're supposed to recycle after you set all your new stuff. Yeah, she's like a placeholder. Right. To so you don't forget. Right. But I mean she was just kind of a disembodied voice in the game for the most part. So Yeah. So it makes sense. Okay. So I have to tell you my Gladys story then. Okay, let's do this. Okay. <laughs> so I'm at work. Okay. And I'm there's a lady that she goes by her middle name because her first name is Gladys and she hated it. And I was like no, I think Gladys is a nice name. She goes, Gladys, glad ass, happy bottom. I'm going to tell you. She called it happy bottom. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny that she so, would think glad ass. Because I think, uh, I for some reason when she says that, I think of salads. Gladys. 
Like I'm gonna happy have, bottoms I'm gonna have some, I, I mean, I'm just saying, I think of like, you know, blue cheese on my Gladys. Have a salad. That's me. So you think of lettuce. I, I don't need you to sneer at me for what I think of. I never you thought think of, of lettuce. I never thought of glad ass. I'm not that I, I crazy. I didn't either. It's so funny, though. <laughs> I happy, think of happy bottom. Anyhow, continue. <laughs> I think of salads. <laughs> Salad. Delicious, fresh, crispy salads. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Gladys is just a, a placekeeper to remind you, uh, but she really has no other purpose in this game. That, that's that's as far as the theme goes for her. Okay. And But the, really, let's be honest, as in the title, the cake is what this game is all about. Let's, so let's address that with this next clip. All right. Did you, you didn't deploy your card? No. Hmm. I don't have to. There's no turret to move. Mine moves a turret. There's oh. no turret, so. Okay. Oh, and I only moved one guy, so I get a card. All right. I'm going to go ahead and use mine. I get a cake. Earn one cake slice and deliver it to a chamber at the new edge of the, of the laboratory. Laboratory. <laughs> laboratory. Laboratory. Put it in the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to go right here. Doesn't everybody have their cake in the toilet? <laughs> Gross. <laughs> now, for our female listeners, the toilet cake makes it so men's urine smells better after wetting it. Gross. <laughs> it looks like a small bar of soap, but many jokes have been made by men telling someone else not to eat the yellow cake. I thought that was yellow snow. <laughs> no, it's yellow cake. Gross. <laughs> what? So, uh, back to the point, though. Cards. There are cards in this game. Yes. The game has a deck of cards with various effects. In fact, every turn begins with the opportunity to play cards. The cards are pretty cool because they have two functions. A special ability for the player, like uh, moving somewhere fast or whatever, and a global effect on the reverse side to uh, change the game as long as it's on top of the discard pile. For example, a card can make you move a gun turret to an adjacent chamber, then it flips and becomes a restriction that cake from activated test chambers can only be earned when two subjects are in the recycled chamber. Because that's the only way to... I don't know if I mentioned that. It's the only way to earn these rewards is when you're, you know... I'm pretty sure I did. uh, Your test subjects have to be in the recycled chamber in order to earn a reward... For the chamber itself. Right. Uh, so let's see how this works in the game. All right, my turn now? Yes, Inc- finally. Incinerator. Well, do you want to uh, incinerate? No, I don't have any slices. Okay. Okay, instead I'm going to incinerate one of yours. Incinerator, choose a player with more cake in the laboratory than you. <laughs> huh? Okay. Is that Louie? Yes. Incinerate one of their cake slices. So I'm going to incinerate this cake slice. Well, that super sucks. Okay. Uh, the new effect is Ratman. Once at the start of each player's turn, they may place a companion cube in any chamber. Remember, a companion cube negates rewards. I'll move one guy to right here and take your cake with him. And I will take a card because I only moved one guy. And I will activate this space right here. No rewards, no aperture cards. I'll put it right here. And we're back around to your turn. Okay, Mm. I'm not going to play a card. Cake. Each player's turn, they may place a companion cube in any chamber. Okay. Okay. 
That doesn't stop it from incinerating. That just stops me from getting rewards. Right. So you don't get a piece of cake. I, that's fine with me. <laughs> oh, because you... I don't know. You're just never going to put out cake, are you? I'm not putting it there. You're putting it wherever I say it. Get in here, puppy. Stop that scratching. Oh, I'm going to put it there. There. I'm putting it on that turret one instead. You're not even in here. I'm, I'm going to drink my drink. Give me water! Give me wine! <laughs> Gotta show you a good time! Saying that, I don't even want to say what the next <laughs> thing is. It's about car racing. <laughs> really? <laughs> it's called Sink the Pink. <laughs> it's about okay. car racing. Okay. It's about pink slips. Okay. Don't get the wrong idea. <laughs> so, in this clip, it shows that cake on the tile is vulnerable, okay? <laughs> Which is, uh, it means to, it, 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 you know, it's it's not only the way to win, it's also the way to make your opponent lose. So putting cake on the board early means that I'm going to move your cake into the incinerator with me, because I can carry your cake just like you can carry mine. So if, if you put a bunch of cake out there, I have all the opportunity in the world to keep moving cake down to the recycled chambers and keep having them incinerated because they don't come back mm-hmm. like the test subjects do. Right. So it's kind of risky to put them out on the tiles. So let's jump forward and see how we are doing a couple of turns later. It's recycled. Your turn. Okay. Uh, I'm going to play this. What does it say? Once at the start of your turn, you can place. Okay, I'm going to get rid of that. I'm going to play Excursion Funnel. In a single row of chambers, move any number of your test subjects one chamber towards the old edge of the laboratory. So I play it, and I use them on the middle ones, so I move these guys both forward. (laughs) Okay. Uh, And for my... Well, now it's now our now we have space core. Once at the start of each player's turn, they may want to recycle. They may recycle one chamber containing no test subjects or cake at the old edge of the laboratory. All right, laboratory. All right, so I'm going to get my move still. So I move one of my test subjects. I move this guy to right here, which is moving one guy. So I get a card, mm-hmm. and then I get to activate a test chamber, which I activate this one, which I get. Uh, two test subjects and a cake at the old edge. I'll put one right there. And one right there. Mm. And some cake. I'll put the cake right here with me. <clears throat> now, this guy gets... Wait, these guys get destroyed. Your cake gets incinerated. Mm-hmm. And your guy comes back to your hand. And I then flip this over. And I put it back yeah. Yep. <clears throat> now it's your turn again. <clears throat> You're mad. You don't like that cake being burned up, do you? Not particularly. <laughs> You're like, You're wasting it! If you can't bake it right, why'd you start the oven? Right? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm going to burn up your cake. Okay? Obviously. You know why? I'm careless with jerk. my baked goods in the uh, in the underground baking circuit. I'm known as Folly Madison. Wow! <laughs> 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 
terrible. I don't even care if you like that or not. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Folly Madison's pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Yep, Nicole has totally loaded, loaded the board early with cake, and I'm burning it all up, which makes her scared to put more cake out there. But right, like I said, the only way to win this game is to have cake on the board. That's how you win. So this is the conclusion of the first game. I'm going to use my redirection cube, destroy one test subject, turret, or companion cube in any chamber. So I destroy this companion cube. Okay. It just goes out. All right. And the new global effect becomes shell, shell, shell. Okay, okay. Uh, Once at the start, (laughs) once at the start of each player's turn, they may move one portal token to any chamber. Okay. Okay. Get to Um, move a guy. And I'm gonna move a guy here. All right. And activate a token. I'm going to activate this chamber. So it destroys my two guys, but I get two guys, and I get a piece of cake. Okay. And I will put them... What? Here. (laughs) (laughs) I know. Good job. Okay, thank you. Oh, look at that. All right. So I start my turn by moving the turret token to an adjacent chamber. I move it to right here and blow up my guy. That means I have no guys left, which, of course, is going to end the game. Uh, That's going to end the game? I told you that up front. Whoever has the most cake slices, when you either burn up the last cake slice of any player or another one of the players has no available people on the table. Oh, stupid. <clears throat> the normal turn sequence has been modified. Instead of taking your move action second, you must take your move action last. Great. Uh, It doesn't matter. I activate this space right here. And win the game. And then I move this guy. Oh, I don't have any guys to move. So I don't do anything else, and I win the game. Huh. (laughs) 32 minutes and 58 seconds. And boring, boring, boring. (laughs) I win seven cakes to one. We're playing again. That's right, we're playing again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this isn't the most exciting game to listen to. <laughs> That's okay. I'm having fun. I'm burning up all your cake. And... Yeah, you're having a blast. Right. Once again, for the people who listen, who are listening, there's only two ways to win. You burn up all of the other player's cake, or you have the most cake on the board whenever you have no test subjects left, or someone else doesn't have any test subjects left. So the easiest targets are really yourself. And you can do that. You could burn up your own colored guys. Just like that. So we start again because Nicole's not satisfied with one game. So suddenly this has become a best two out of three challenge on this uh, playthrough review. But this time we change it up a bit. Okay, so we each get, we still get two guys in the beginning chamber and one on top and one on the bottom, so. Really? Yeah. Wow. So there's going to be a lot of guys on the board. Okay. Simulated four player game, Nicole. Fight. Okay, you got to speed up your turns now. I'm speeding up my turns. You're going first. Who's going first? Blue or yellow? 
Uh, Why don't we just make Gladys the player turn marker? <laughs> it's so dumb. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's very silly. <laughs> All right, so uh, that's fine. I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go yellow first. Uh, are we gonna go alternate turns back and forth? So I'll go yellow. You'll go purple. I'll go blue. You'll go red. Oh my god, my brain just blew up. No, yeah, sure. Not, okay, that's totally sensible. Yellow, purple, blue, red. Yellow, okay, purple, blue, I'm red. Move both of these guys too, right here. I don't have any cards to you're play. You're gonna go blue first. Uh, I'll activate. This. I thought you were doing yellow, purple, blue, red. Sorry. I'll move both these guys. These yellow dudes. The up yellow here, ones. Okay. And I will activate this test chamber right here, and flip it and put it back here. Okay, your turn. And that had the portal on it. Right. Your okay, turn. my turn. Right, so I just decided, just realized that we have gotten this far without discussing portals. Portals are in this game. They do exist. <laughs> there's tokens, <laughs> or there's a blue and an orange one on the board, and they allow direct movement from one tile to another. Uh, they are never destroyed, and if a test chamber they are in becomes recycled, the portal simply travels with the tile uh, back from right, you know, all the way to the right, all the way to the left, and when it flips over, the, the portal's in that new chamber, and just uh, is right there on the newly reversed side. So now we are playing two players each in order to simulate a four-player game. Because Nicole was sure that this game would have been a lot different and more chaotic if we had played four players instead of two. So play speeds up a little bit as we've gotten experience with the game and got our feet wet, you know. And uh, the chaos ramps up. Lots more cake and guys to worry about. So let's jump to the 10-minute mark in the game. These yellow guys move up to here, both of them, and they destroy this chamber right here and place it back at the back. You keep giving me the hardest choices here. What are you talking about? Hmm. See, I feel like if I talk to you, then your turn will take longer. Um. <laughs> you already burned up I'm, one of my yellow slices. I know. What a jerk. I'm going to move this red guy. No. I'm going to move this red guy back to here. So he gets... Oh, except I'm not doing red. I'm on purple. Dumb. Stupid. Crap. You're playing one character, aren't you? I'm going to move that here. So you're actually actively destroying Blue's cake. Huh? Are you are you carrying Blue's cake to oblivion? I, I carried Blue's cake. Okay. I was about to say, would you do the same with Red's cake? I don't have a red cake, so maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm going to destroy... Oh, and he only got one, so let's get rid of... get rid of this turret does it just go away or does it become the active thing if i'm just getting rid of it because i end up i'm gonna get a new card i i've been discarding it so they okay. go to there and they become the effect okay instead of inheriting cake in a recycled chamber uh or incinerating it it's returned to the owner's cake pile oh that's a bummer <clears throat> all right and then i get nothing because there's a commanding cube in there i know that's what i'm saying but you right. get your little guys back right and the companion cube goes away, mm -hmm. and that flips, and it's your turn. It is Blue's turn. Is it? Yes. What do I do with Blue? 
I don't know. Do I not get my little guy? Oh, I don't get anything back. Okay, so I'm going to do this instead then. Blue plays redirection cube to destroy one test subject, turret, or companion cube in any chamber, and he destroys himself. And he wins the game. <clears throat> God dang it! <laughs> Jealous of my little winning jingle, <laughs> jerk face. That is how you do it. That's how you win, Nicole, if you can write your own jingle. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> so, I won the second game. And the first game. That's right. Yay. So this is a, this is a really abstract game, and I didn't really expect yeah, I didn't. that. No, I didn't either. Because if someone said portal game, I would have expected at the at the very least, you sort of like racing each other through puzzle rooms. Yeah. Something along those lines, like some sort of randomizing puzzle setups where you're trying to race each other. I, I would have I honestly I would have made a race game. I would have made a racing game hmm. where, where you're trying to overcome these challenges. And if you're the first person through and you can overcome them really quickly, then you can keep the lead. But otherwise, someone else can see how you overcame this and they would have to try to catch up. They could catch up easier because they they had, you know, some sort of foresight into that chamber. I mean, that's what I would have done. Maybe. <laughs> but this is not that at all. No, it's this is not. like a territory it, control game. Kind of. With some tile movement in there. And and you're just sort of deciding what tiles to be on when they activate so that you have more cake and less test subjects at the right time. Yes. So did, I mean, honestly, let's just talk about what you liked about this game. Let's just go into it. Okay. I, what, like, I like the figs, the little... You you like the, the little... The miniatures. The little silhouette figs. I did. I didn't like them. I thought really? they were whatever. I thought they were cute. They were okay. I like the little pieces of cake. The cakes were amazing. No, all the little miniatures, though. The little pieces of cake, the turrets, the companion cube. The companion cube, the turret. I, I guess they were pretty good. They, I, were, they were pretty good. I, and I liked the little guys, too. They were themed well enough. I thought it was all themed well, well I'll, I'll, I will tell you I they're themed well I enough. I did not like the GLaDOS little cardboard thing. Right. That but we're silly. talking about what you liked about the game. Okay. Well, yes, but that goes into... Sorry. Okay. What else did you like about the game? I liked uh, that it was quick to set up. It's You shuffle quick. a deck of cards, put... Uh, two guys of each color in the middle, one guy of each color on the top and the bottom rows, and you start the game. Yeah, it's really fast to set up. Right. I'm I'm set up and going in less than two minutes. I like that it's a short game. You do? Yeah. You, well, yeah, I'd say Because I that, don't want to play any game that's this thinky, like... You I know. would say, given the design, I don't want it to be any longer. No, no. It would be awful if it were longer than, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Right. I would say that the look of the game is very unique among other games. Uh-huh. It didn't look the same as anything else. These weird rows of tiles, and the tile rows can be sometimes longer or shorter. Uh, they can never... There's only rules they have to, to limit that is they can never go shorter than three. That's the only rule. The rows could never they, go shorter than three. I thought it was just they couldn't... And well, you can't make it so that something's not connected to anything else. Right. Right. You couldn't do that. Right. Uh, 
but I thought that was really cool. Yeah. I thought the fast play was really nice. Um, one other thing you, you asked me to add was that there is a Steam download code for Portal 2 included with this. That's super nice. Right. They give you a whole game. Yeah. A cooperative compu- like computer game for this. Yeah. That's pretty Which is cool. really neat. Which we, of course, did not need to download because we already own Portal 2. Right. On, on Xbox 360. That's right. <laughs> so, so, Nicole, what did you dislike about this game? Well, I am bad at it. <laughs> You're bad at it, but no, I mean, whatever, I, just, I don't care. You know... If it, you played it 12 more times, you might be great at it. I'll probably be better anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't like those tabs on the tiles. They, they, they cut out these little tabs on the tiles so that they would all fit nicely together. Mm-hmm. And I know where they were going with it. It's supposed to be like a little jigsaw puzzle right. so that they hold each other together and then you can yeah. move things easier. But the problem is when you cut a jigsaw puzzle, it can be what's supposed to be the exact same cut. Yeah. And it will not fit if you switch these two pieces. Okay. Exact same cut or not, these two pieces fit together. These other two pieces that are exactly like these two pieces will not fit together. It's just something in the cardboard. No, seriously. There's I a. Know. Do you remember that little? You gave me this the world's hardest puzzle kind of thing. Where on. I do remember that. Yes, it was nine pieces, mm-hmm. and they had weird. Didn't they have like heart shape? There was cutouts yeah on, and stuff? on each of the four sides. It was nine pieces total. Right. And each side would have either a diamond, a heart, a club. Or a spade. Mm-hmm. And there was only one actual supposed way to put them all together to make them work. Were the diamonds and stuff different? The cut was supposed to be exactly the same so that they would always fit. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't work. Mm. That never works. So what actually happened for me to solve this puzzle was I found that the way that the cardboard laid, right. these pieces <clears throat> would fit really well together and it would kind of angle a little bit. So I, all I did was was fit the, the right groove with the right spade where it was cut off. You could, fit, you could see that they fit together properly. Right. That was the only trick to it. Right. It was stupid. Oh. So that's how this is. It's stupid. <laughs> all right. So the review of the world's hardest puzzle. Stupid. Oh. Not hard <laughs> It's a one at out of five. All. You just have to look at it at a different light. You just look at it a different way right. and then. That one's a one ta-da. out of five, but yes. we're talking about Portal. But okay. So all they really had to do on this is make <laughs> the notches slightly bigger than the tabs. Just right. Slightly. Just take a, an X-Acto knife or something and those tabs would have gone into the grooves not snugly, but well enough that you could do what they planned with moving your pieces right. and all of that. Like, I feel like I need to go back and do that with an exact Right. So, so full disclosure, if I didn't plan on selling this game... You're not selling it. It's my game. I would have cut off all the tabs right up front. But you're not doing that. It's my game. Okay. So I would have done that right up front. Just so, cut them all off because they were a joke. Or just make the little holes bigger so that they fit better. They were awful. They so, were awful. The other thing I don't like is the game... I expected the game to be a little deeper than it is. I expected it's it to be really surfle, surface level, and it just yes, they they tried to apply it to Portal pretty well, and they did an okay job. But honestly, I, I still just kind of was like, eh. We never even used the Portal, but that one time, right. It moved, but we never actually. I don't think we ever actually even used it. The actual Portal. Well, I think that I used it the, a couple the, times. The, the focus of the entire game right. should have been using the portals, right? 
So, and that, that like, brings me to, start. I think it was kind of a bad use of IP. I think so. I think that, like I said, it should have been you racing through randomized test chambers and trying to get to this end point first. You know, and the guy who gets to the end chamber gets cake and the other guy gets burned up and the other guy gets to laugh and point his finger at the guy who got burned up. Mm-hmm. Why not? There weren't like, I, I'm just going to say, and this is, this is kind of, this is a bit of a spoiler, but there's not thousands of test subjects revealed in the game. That's not a spoiler. It's a first person. But I'm saying there's not in the course of the game. There's not like it doesn't, it's not revealed. I mean, maybe you are test subject number, whatever, but you don't ever meet another test subject ever. Right. Okay. Other than the co-op version, which of course makes sense. You're meeting a test, another test subject because you're playing together. Right. But honestly, it's like, eh, this is, this is like a really average implementation of, this, it just is underwhelming. It is. An implementation of this intellectual property. Yes. Okay. So what would you say the difficulty of this game is? <clears throat> to actually teach it, probably like a two, but I kept screwing it up and not realizing about the cake being not always <laughs> a good thing to have. I would honestly, teaching the game, I would call it a one. I could teach go fish as easy as I could teach this game. Truly. There's there's some aspects to it that you need to know, but if you actually pay attention, you'll get them. Those cards, though, those got a little weird and I'd say it's a one janky, still. So the, I think the cards bump it up to a I'm two. St- I'm sticking with one. Eh. Well, you didn't teach it very well, obviously, because I lost twice. You didn't learn very well, which is <laughs> obvious. Just say typical of the average mm, person. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> don't, don't big lip me, okay? <laughs> okay. What would you give this out of five? Like a two. That's what I'd give it a two. I, I didn't absolutely hate it. Right. I'm keeping it because it, it's, well, it's Portal. Right. And I want to hang on to it and try it again at some point. Okay. I'd, I'd still like to play it four player at some point. And it is super short. I think I could make it right. a lunchtime game. Okay. I just have to get away from the thought that it's Portal and maybe I would like it more. Okay. Well, I think that it's a two. I think that it's not a complete failure as a game, which is what a one is. Uh, it's just, it's an average game at best. I mean, it's there's there's plenty of games that I can spend $10 on that are much more deep and involved in this. I mean, I'm looking at one of our five for fives right now, Tides of Time. They put... The the amount that they spend on the quality or like the, the components of that is like a ten percent, and there's so much more game in there than that. I'm looking at that going, oh my god! I'm not going to give my full review yet, but I know from one play that game is so much more enriching to play. But again, than this. I don't know if this game is just if I'm giving it a lower score because I expected I had higher expectations right. of it being. Well, yeah, but it's Portal. If you like, if you love the the game, there's going to be some redeeming quality to okay. it, and and there's it, there's not based on it being Portal. Like I said, you never even use the stinking portals. That's right. silly. So, I, I want I, I don't know. I want I want somebody who's never played Portal to play it and tell me what they think. I guess is really what it comes down to. Oh, I'm gonna take it to work. I don't think Angela's played Portal. I don't think she's a gamer girl. So, given the intellectual property, yeah. It's it's a mile. It's kind of a failure. Yeah. 
on on the use of the intellectual property and the game itself that's left there eh, it's okay <laughs> it's okay i might say i might give it a 3 if if based on no intellectual property but given the fact that they've spent a bunch of money to valve to create a portal game this is not portal in a board game they owe valve a rebate <laughs> I think I so. So I give it a two out of five as well. Okay. Okay. So now we played a game that was brought to us by the voice, the voice, voice of, of, of the people. people. So that was you from our that knob. That was from the for a, uh, a you know brought to you by our guild members. So let's find out what is going to be the next one that we play. It's time for those of you playing at home to get a chance to win a fabulous game review of your choice in an upcoming episode. Simply listen to these choices and cast your vote at our Board Game Geek Guild. Must be a member of our guild and reply by the Friday after this release. Standard Board Game Geek Guild membership required. See our BGG Guild for information on how you can join. Finding our guild is as simple as going to our website, talkaboutboardgames.com, and clicking the forums button at the top of the page. All right, Nicole, guess what? We're going to pick three games for them to vote on? Right. So... I win! As of the day of this release, which is, <laughs> you know, a few days from now, we will have a new poll up for you to select the next game that we play as a feature together. Now, these are always going to be... when's this poll coming <laughs> It's It's coming out, you know, the day that this episode releases. Oh, so if you're hearing this, you'll be seeing the poll. Right. Okay. So... You, if you want to, you can go to Board Game Geek and join Board Game Geek and get join our guild, and you will get to actually vote on this, you know, this next featured review. Now, there's a couple ways to get to our guild, just for those who maybe have trouble finding it, are new to Board Game Geek. You can either just go to our talkaboutboardgames.com website, mm-hmm. and there's a little tab that says forums. Click that. It'll take you right there. Or if you just happen to be on Board Game Geek, you can click under Browse, then go to Podcasts, and as of right now, go to page four, scroll <laughs> down, hit Talk About Board Games, but it's the, not on that page. Then you'll see a thing about halfway down that says something about a guild that's got a link. You'll click that, and there's our guild. Not to make it too complicated. So go to our website. <laughs> 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 but our website is really just here's what episodes we've done with some pictures. Right. It also has direct downloads for our episodes. That's true. That's true. So <laughs> I think there's a little bit about you and me on there though too. Didn't we put a little? Yeah, did you take that off? I don't we know. we did have somebody like break our website, like invade, and uh, they somebody, hacked our website. Yeah, they way hacked back it when. big time. So we had to take it down and put it back up. That's okay. It doesn't matter. You can get the, you can get there. Just go to just go to talkaboutboardgames.com, click on forums, and you will be at our guild. Okay. Ta-da. Uh, so for our next list uh, that's coming out today, as of this release, is Magic Magic the Gathering Duel of the Planeswalkers, which is a miniatures combat game where uh, we would end up squaring off and sending different monsters in at each other and rolling dice to try to destroy each other's monsters and stuff like that. This one we got at Target, didn't we? Nope. You didn't? No, I ordered this from Amazon. Oh, I kept seeing it at Target. Right. Uh, another one, as for uh, via Nicole uh, request, 
Runebound second edition, not third edition. Not third. We've heard that third edition isn't as good, which is surprising. Second but, is hard to get, though. Right. So, so this would be just like one of these weird games you've never heard, but it is still a competitive game, but it's a competitive adventure game. It's a fantasy-based game where we roll dice that represent different terrain. We move around this giant hex grid board, and we try to build our guys up, and when we get confident enough, we take on a big baddie, like which is usually like a dragon lord or something like that. Okay. Not to give and, it away. Spoiler. <laughs> well, whatever. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, number three is Trains, the deck building game, and it's by AEG, the makers of Thunderstone. So we're really curious to play this. We bought this at B, at, uh, not BGG, sorry, half at price uh, Half books. Price Books that uh, we bought it for like half price, literally. Right. And we haven't played this yet. We got it about three or four months ago, and it's a deck building game that involves trains. So it's like... I don't know, Dominion and Ticket to Ride combined together, smashed into one. <laughs> Let's just call it that. Okay. I don't know what it is I yet, don't know. Though. I haven't played it. So those are the three different games. You can go to our guild and you can vote for one of those. And, you know. And then we'll play one. And then we'll play one of those against each other and you'll get to hear somebody's win jingle. So that's that's how that works. But this is how this works. <laughs> this concludes the testing for this episode. Now, we've hoped that if you had cake, you enjoy it. The Tabcast appreciates your cooperation in these studies and would appreciate it if you would agree to more testing by joining our Board Game Geek Guild. Simply visit TalkAboutBoardGames.com and click the forum button in the top left corner, and a Board Game Geek membership is required. Now, to keep up on the latest testing, follow us on Twitter at TA Board Games or on Instagram. Another test you can take uh, is to like our Facebook page or leave a review of our tests on iTunes. Now, in two weeks, we will again test your listening subjects with a playthrough review of one of the most highly regarded games of last year, Blood Rage. Now, Daniel joins us with that, and so does Jamie. Right? Very good. Now, thanks again for listening, and enjoy your cake if you have it. And now, enjoy original music written by Jonathan Coulton. But there's no sense.